Hello, everyone. Welcome to King of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am joined with Paul and Wilfred. I am Sam, and we are here to talk about the final nights of the G1, including the uh, the finals, which took place just hours ago. Uh, everyone's running on fumes. We are all exhausted. It is a, a marathon uh, time of year um, between, obviously, the talent most of all, um, but, but uh, of course, the, the, the podcasters, the journalists, the viewers, everyone is, is pretty beat at this moment. So we're going to try not to waste too much time. Uh, that said, Paul, Wilfred, how you guys doing? I'm good. I'm exhausted. Good. I'm beat, man. I'm exhausted. What's up, guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, in the interest of just really blasting through this, uh, did want to cover a couple of news and notes right off the bat. Uh, first of all, it was announced that uh, All In is going to, uh, the Kenny Omega match is going to be Kenny Omega versus Penta Zero Mero. Uh, it will be uh, a dream match for a lot of people, it seems. Um, I'm jazzed about it. I think it should be a lot of fun. Uh, any thoughts, guys? Uh, no, I'm super excited. I just found it a little strange because it seemed like the rumors earlier in the week had Pentagon going to NXT. So I was wondering about the timing of it. Maybe if he is going to NXT, it's going to be after All In. I don't know, but it would seem like they would want, want him on the show. But I'm excited about the match itself. Yeah, I'm staying as far away from WWE news right now because um, with that Asuka story and now this morning Roman Reigns possibly leaving... Um, the Randy Orton nonsense. I, I just I want to stay as far away from WWE as I can. So, but I am pumped for All In. I'm going to be buying it on Fight TV. I'm going to be watching. Um, I'm pumped for that main event, man. That I mean, that's a special attraction match, and that's a fantastic main event. I can't wait. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it, one of the things that we've talked about before is that they are putting together matches that you're really not going to see anywhere else. And I, I think that it's, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a special show, but this match in particular will be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, so now with some New Japan-related uh, news, and I, I know I've already been warned by Wilfred that uh, he's got a lot to say about uh, about this stuff. Uh, first of all, um, apparently due in mostly to Tamatanga's uh, tweets um, where, uh, you know, he, he released some comments that were, I mean, just not too great. I mean, yeah, to say the least. I mean, he literally he literally told a, a former soldier uh, to, to go back over to Afghanistan and get his ass killed. Um, and, uh, you know, as we've stated before, there's better ways to, to, to get heat for yourself than doing shit like that. Uh, you should, you know, if, frankly, you should be smarter and more creative. And it looks like New Japan agrees because New Japan Pro Wrestling apparently is going to be taking, in quotes, disciplinary action against him. And they have also set up some social media guidelines, uh, it seems, for their talent, which, let's face it, in 2018, I mean, why the hell wouldn't you? What are your thoughts, guys? Um, I, I, me, you know, Wilfred and I touched on this a little bit yesterday. Um, you know, I don't have problems. I know a lot of people were, were mad about all the run-ins and the interference, and, and that was annoying. But that's part of wrestling. What the Twitter stuff was, I think, crossed the line. And I'm not the most overly sensitive person. Like I think a lot of times we overreact to stuff. But the stuff that he was tweeting was awful. And you know what? Like you said, it's not even that. It's just it's a lazy way to try to get heat, and it's not the kind of heat where I want to see this guy get his ass kicked or whatever. Now, I just want him to go away, and right. that's not the right kind of heat you want to get. Absolutely. Um, I'll just say this. Um, 
I never served in the military, but I have family who have. And I kind of was pushed over the line whenever he was coming down to the ring a few nights ago and said, you know, yeah, I served. And he's bragging about his service. Right. Okay. So that's one thing that kind of ticked me off big time. Um, and then he makes the tweets and and then they give him the titles this morning, the six-man tags. So yeah, the six-man tags is kind of useless, but um, he crossed the line for me. And, and it's it's one thing being a heel and it's another thing losing my interest completely as a fan um, to where I just want to skip his matches at this point. Um, you don't brag about a military service. That's disrespectful. Um, you're actively fighting with people on Twitter, which is just childish. And as mentioned on Wilford Watch's podcast um, yesterday with Paul, um, you, uh, you, I just don't know what to say. It, it's just the every time you give him the ball to run with, he drops it, spits on it, and steps on it and just ruins everything. So I blocked him. I don't care what he does in the future. You cross the line, and that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I totally get that. And I, I think that as far as being a heel on Twitter, if you will, the template for how to do it right and how to do it, you know, intelligently and creatively has got to be Kevin Owens. If you look at that guy's Twitter, like, most of it's hilarious. And, and, and I think that he's able to go on there and, you know basically uh, argue a bit with fans now and then and do it very much in character but kind of tongue-in-cheek and it, and it just it mm-hmm. really works um, and I think that you know if you're going to do that type of thing on Twitter it needs to be done in that way because you know it, it's not like I don't know again I just think it was it was it was there's much more creative ways to go about getting that kind of heat uh, and, and and ways to do it without disrespecting others and yourself quite frankly because I think that that's the other key here and I think it kind of touches on what you're saying Wilfred is that you know he, he's created a situation where you're so disinterested in him because it's not only a lack of respect for others but there's just it just doesn't seem that he has any respect for himself either quite frankly um, yeah exactly you know, so. and it's sad it's sad because Coming off the G1 special in San Francisco, it was done so well Yeah, that it was such an opportunity. And like Wilfred said, they, they totally gave him the ball and he they could have ran with it and made this something special. And not, not only is it not entertaining now, like I said, it's something that a lot of people don't even want to see at this point. So yeah, we'll see. Now, I, I also will see how this works going forward. You know, I'm not I'm not, you know, one of those people that's going to hold the grudge forever. If the guy stops the Twitter antics. And maybe concentrates more on what he's supposed to do. We'll I'll revisit it. We'll see what happens. Sure. Um, you know, but as of right now, yeah, I'm just kind of like blah. What about it? Like whatever. Yeah. So springboarding off of that, um, in addition, there and honestly, I, I they they seem to be somewhat verifiable, but I, I, I'm I'm not necessarily wanting to put this in the column of of fact just yet. But there, there is a very strong, you know, nearly verified rumor that in addition to social media guidelines that New Japan has also set new guidelines for use of profanity in, in promos. Um, and obviously this is something that I think for their international expansion, and it, it's strictly with the English language promos. 
um, that they're probably looking towards, you know, not wanting to have any issues as appealing to a, a family-friendly sort of product. Um, you know, obviously we're all going to have opinions about that. Uh, that said, the news of this came out um, earlier this week. We've had a few shows since then. I've heard I've heard some f bombs. I've heard you know. So I I don't know. I don't know how uh, strict this is going to be. Uh, I've heard anywhere from it only being restricted to the backstage promos, not anything in ring or anything off mic. Um, so uh, I, I I don't know, guys. What are your thoughts? Do you think that this is legit? First of all, and if it is, you know, where where do we go from here? I, I, I'll ahead. be real brief yeah. on it. It's not legit until it's on the website. Um, I I don't care who's reporting what nowadays. I'm just going to go to the official source to kind of save time, and that's that. So if they do it, I don't mind. I mean, New Japan can tell a story without the cursing. Yeah, It has gotten a little excessive, but it doesn't really bother me if they do or don't. It's not such a big deal like some folks are making it out to be. We're not in Attitude Era. It's not USA Channel. This is a totally different beast, so it's like... I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say it's probably somewhat legitimate. There's probably a kernel of truth in there somewhere. They probably just told them, you know what, just tone it down a little. And, and the story's yeah. getting reported that they can't curse or whatever. But you know what, like Wilfred said, if they if they did it, who cares? Because to be honest with you, if you're going to cut a promo and you need to drop F-bombs to get it over, it's just, that's lazy anyway. There's, yeah. there's You could get the same mm-hmm. point across. You don't need to drop F-bombs. Now, listen, this is for me. I don't care if they do. But it's not going to... It's not going to change the product. No. You know what I mean? This isn't like like um, with the WWE all of a sudden trying to become family friendly. I think this is just maybe a little bit of an effort just to tone it down a little bit. Because like Wilfred said, it, it has seemed to uh, gotten a little more prevalent, excessive of late. So that mm-hmm. could be it. And if they're trying to expand into North America more and more, I mean, obviously, kids are the best fans to have because their parents spend money and they're fans for longer. So, you know, they just might be trying to tone it a little bit. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, it doesn't bother me one way or another. And, and I, you know, if, 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 if I never hear, you know, Juice holler out motherfucker again or whatever, it's not going to be <laughs> the end of the world. You know, do you get a kick out of it sometimes? Sure. But I don't think it's going to do anything to hurt or damage the product whatsoever. And I think the people that are reacting to it uh, as though that would be the case uh, it's a little silly, quite frankly, and 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 I'm with you, Wilfred. You know, until until we you know get some sort of verifiable uh, source for this, um, uh, and obviously, you know, I I agree with you to an extent about going to the web page. I do think that. Um, you know, there's going to be instances where maybe there's stuff that's going on behind the scenes that they're not going to put up on their web page. So I'm not going to always count that as, as, as the only source, but I would certainly count it as, as the, the one that's going to have the most veracity. Um, wow. Right. Veracity. <laughs> never cease um, to impress me, Sam. Well, what can I say? Uh, so let's, uh, let's dig in, man. Let's well, start you know with what, uh, night 14. Hold on one second. Uh Oh, um, no, no, this is just, for anybody who follows our Twitter, they know I am not the, the person who usually tweets. But I did have some fun on Twitter last night, and there was a couple people that I just wanted to recognize that were super interactive with us. Um, just three people I wanted to shout out real quick. Miriam, who goes by the Twitter name at Flame286. She was super interactive with us last night. And it says that she is a German currently living in Finland, so that was a unique conversation. Nice. Alexis R., who goes by the Twitter handle at Rivera Morales was was all over last night with us and 
Luke Sims Jenkins, whose Twitter is at Grumpy2EB. So there are just a couple of the people that made last night super enjoyable for me because it's it's one thing to watch them live, but when you start, and, and Sam and Wilford, you guys both are better at this than me, but you know, when you start tweeting out and people respond and they're, and they're following and they're liking the tweets and, and you're having a conversation, it just makes it so much more enjoyable. So I just wanted to thank those people for taking some time last night to interact with us. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that one of the things that the G1 has absolutely done for me, in spite of it being kind of exhausting at this point, is really reinforce that sense of community. I tweeted something out the other day about having watched the past few G1s, you know, alone, not not even really talking to you about them, uh, uh, Paul. And and, and really, it wasn't until last year that I started listening to Procast more uh, religiously. And so that was the first G1 where I really had any kind of interaction that wasn't the observer or just watching it. So um, it was, you know, it, it was definitely a, a hell of a lot of fun. I'm grateful for that experience and, um, uh, you know, that sense of community that I think is a little bit different for New Japan than it is for other, you know, organizations. Um, yeah, I don't think it's um, toxic. No, no. It's definitely well, not. I no. mean, you have always have some people, but I found, for the most part, even people that I vehemently disagree with about something... It's always a respectable, respectful discussion about sure. why we think this or whatever. I've never once got on Twitter or interacted with a fellow New Japan fan and had them call me a derogatory name or whatever. You go on some of these other promotion ones. It's it's a matter of minutes before you're getting called a homophobic slur or, or something. Right. And it's just it gets to the point where you don't even want to interact with people. And hey, but not but not this, nah, not not the people we we <laughs> That's right. We tweeted about that yesterday. The mutual love of pro wrestling brought us together. Yes. That's right. So So let's talk about some pro wrestling. Night 14 of the G1 Climax. Night 14. So just for everybody's reference, this took place Saturday, August 4th, from Osaka. So we are going to go right to the uh, rundown of the tournament matches. So what we had was, it was a night of B-block action. And the first match was Toro Yano versus Sonata. The match went five minutes, 22 seconds. It ended in a count-out win for Sonata. Um, my uh, hot take on this was this was the match where it, I died laughing. Sonata put... <laughs> the ending of the match was Sonata put Yano in the paradise lock, but taped yeah. him to a ring, um, a guardrail, so he couldn't get... Uh, and then wedged the guardrail. He taped the guardrail to the outside post, so he couldn't get up with it. But then when Rocky... Because earlier on the outside, Rocky helped Yano get out of paradise lock so then he put he put uh rocky in the paradise lock and one of the highlights of the tournament for me was he put the headphones back on rocky (laughs) and rocky was screaming for milano to come get him out of the paradise lock so it was it was just a hilarious five minutes and 22 seconds it was a pure comedy match but it was great at what it did yeah i think that's a perfect dose of sports entertainment for me right there for sure just that that's all i need right there mm-hmm. that's hilarious it was so fun and, and it was yeah. great too because you expect that stuff from sonata or from yano but sonata is doing this and he's just deadpanning it like he does everything else yeah. so it gave like a contrast in their characters but yeah and then like i said rocky screaming for milano will stick with me for a long time <laughs> yeah it was pretty great what was he saying milano great. has the key yeah, it was Yo Milano has the key to the paradise lock. <laughs> yeah, it's the best yeah. thing ever. And you know what? I just want to say too, and, and I'm not the world's biggest fan of Rocky Romero, but I thought he did a really good job in this tournament. I thought he was entertaining. I thought he did a good job filling in and helping out Kevin Kelly. I really do. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, you know, there are a couple of times there where, you know, every once in a while, he, if you wanted to get nitpicky with him or whatever, but for the most part, he was he was a great foil, um, and, and I thought was just, you know, he definitely added uh, uh, instead of, you know, taking anything away. So, yeah, I was, I was super... Uh, yeah, super I even tweeted last night, there was... That. Last night, he said one of the dumbest things ever. He asked Kevin Kelly on air if he remembered what happened to Hiromu in San Francisco. Like, somehow we forgot what happened. Oh god! But it, I think he was just trying to bring it back up. But the way he phrased it was off. But yeah. anyway, I I forgive you, Rocky. Okay. <laughs> the next match was um, Hiroki Goto took on Tamatonga. Match went eleven minutes and fifteen seconds. Anybody want to take a wild guess how it ended? <sighs> Anybody? Yeah. Can we just go to the next match? Yes. Uh, it's a disqualification. Yeah. Normal Seriously. shit. All right. Um, the next match was. Juice, the U.S. champion Juice Robinson took on Zack Sabre Jr. The match went 13 minutes, 39 seconds, and it ended with Zack Sabre Jr. tapping Juice uh, Robinson out. Now, New Japan calls it the cremation lily. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I'm going with. I, you know, because he has the best <laughs> names. I, 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 he can call it whatever he wants at this point, these moves, but yeah. So, like I said, 14, 13 and a half minute match ended with the tap out. It, it was a pretty entertaining match. I mean, sure. we're, we're a week removed, so my memories of these aren't exact, but I do remember liking this match. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was a hell of a good match. Um, I, I really enjoyed the you know the contrast between Juice and Zach. I, I, I think that you know it, it's one of those great situations where, in spite of uh, you know Juice losing, um, you, you know he didn't lose any any of my interest in him. Um, you know he's still fine because it's Zack Saber Junior. I love the the you know the play afterwards with Zach. You know basically just wanting to go for the belt. Um, yeah, I, I I thought this was really good. Yeah, Wilford. Um, all I all I could say about that was that photograph, or actually just the camera work, which has been superb all month and is always superb. The camera angles, the production, the scenery that we get. Um, the picture of juice just like his torso was showing his head oh, you couldn't see his leg like it's just so, like you just saw body parts in that one photo and it was just brutal i, I absolutely admired the way that he that zack saber jr twisted his ass up yeah. it was it was so fun yeah man. the body should not be able to bend that way <laughs> exactly you know, you know what the best part about zack's submissions are to me when you watch any other, not I don't want to say any other wrestler, but a lot of wrestlers are wrestling in other promotions, and you see somebody get put into a submission hold, you think to yourself, well, they should, if that was real, he'd be able to get to the ropes pretty easily, whatever. When Zach has somebody's legs, and then twists back and gets their arms and bends them back, like, you look at his moves and you really think, there would legitimately be no way to get out of that. Yeah. Which makes it just, they seem so real and so good. So, power to Zach, it's always entertaining. And and I've come to discover that he is awesome on Twitter, awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. one tweet in particular, and we'll mm-hmm. cover it later in the in the show. And I, it's Sam retweeted it, so he knows exactly which one I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, then we get to the next match we have, oh. which was a, a, an instant classic, a goddamn masterpiece. Um, and me and Wilford talked about this last night. How about some love for Tomohiro Ishii? This oh. guy brought it all tournament, and for my money, was the MVP. I don't care about point totals or wins or losses. This guy had some of the best matches of the tournament consistently. This match against mm-hmm. Kenny, which went 22 minutes, 42 seconds, was fantastic. And for the record, it ended with Ishii getting a clean win with his uh, vertical brain buster. 
But yeah. I mean, he has clean wins over Omega, Juice, um, Goto. His match, I, I know he didn't win, but his match with the Bushi was phenomenal. Yeah. Even his match with Yano to start the tournament was great that he stooped to Yano's tactics. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys want what you guys' opinion, but Ishii brought it all tournament. I I mean I want to see a title on him. He doesn't need a title per se, but I want to see them jump the gun and give him preferably the Intercontinental title. I think would be fantastic right now. You know, while the match is still lit. Um, well, they did confirm the that still... he's getting um, the next t- shot at right. Omega's title, so it'll right. have to be right well, after that. You know, here I'm gonna okay. Let me just go ahead and drop it now. I I've been really struggling with this thought Kenny Omega has only defeated Cody so far via you know with with uh in a title defense yeah he had some hiccups at the end of the tournament um is he really gonna hold the title all the way until Wrestle Kingdom I'm starting to think that this may be a shorter reign than where everybody's expecting. Uh, it's possible, but I'm going to tell you right now, and I've been wrong about everything, but I'd bet the farm on this. If he, <laughs> if he does lose the title between now and Wrestle Kingdom, it's not going to be the Ishii. No. Right, it, I agree, I agree. But I think that he's going to get maybe yeah. one defense in, but I don't know if he's going to hold it until January. I I don't know. Just the fan I, reaction, I, I, the crowd. I, I, I do. I do and too. my and my big reason is, and I guess we're gonna spoil this, is because of who won, like the, who the two people that got to the finals of the G one, uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi, yeah. lead me to believe that it's gonna be Kenny. Would have been Kenny either way, because with Ibushi, would have had the tailor made story. But if Tanahashi has the contract for the match at Wrestle Kingdom, I just don't think they're gonna give us Tanahashi Okada again at Wrestle Kingdom. All, all I'm saying is I'm starting to have some doubts about Kenny holding the title. For longer than a few months, I'm just starting to have some doubts after yesterday and this morning. I'm just no, the more I'm thinking about it, it yeah. that you could be right. I just think he's going to hold it to at least Wrestle King. And it, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even be shocked if he has it coming out of Wrestle King. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I think I don't think the belt's going anywhere right now. I, I, I think that. All of the folks that would, you know, pose a, le- a legitimate threat to the title um, are not in the picture right now. I don't see him having another match with Okada before the end of the year. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, there's no. There's legitimately no reason for him to have a match against Naito before the end of the year. If, if he does have a match against Naito, I'll be so confused because it's like he beat him. He beat him clean in the G1. There's no. I mean, Naito has no claim to a title shot uh you know Ibushi has a a potential claim to a title shot because he pinned him in the G1 but I don't see them putting the belt on Ibushi although to be completely honest I I would not I would not call it out of the question to see Ibushi Tanahashi headline the dome um but I but I just think that it's it's more likely that it's yeah, you know, Omega going I, to the and, dome with the bell, and, and like you said, the two people. Well, I guess technically Yano beat him in the tournament too, but that was because of the. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get to that. But, yeah. I mean, the two people that would have a legitimate <laughs> title shot would be Ishii and Kota, correct? Ishii's going to get his, and here's the thing about Kota: if Kota was going to take get a title opportunity and win the title, I think they would do it at Wrestle Kingdom. Or well, me after, too. I don't. That's. I don't think it's going to be like. So if he's not going to drop, we don't think he's going to drop the belt to Ishii. We don't think he's going to drop the belt to Kota. Who else would even have a legitimate claim at it between now and Wrestle King? Yano? Yeah, that's a good. You know, you well, know what I mean. Like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, 
like I'm thinking Look, the know. way chaos is the, the way chaos is shaping up right now. Um, it's hard to argue against somebody like Yano. I know I'm kind of halfway joking, but um, at least he he did pin Kenny. And you know, unlike your pick, which I have to bring up, Juice did not. You know what? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't just like, want to throw you know, that out. I don't out like there. to curse, but fuck you. <laughs> all, right? <laughs> all right, I went out on a limb. I got. I, I showed some guts here. All right, and you guys are just flaunting it because you both got at least one person in the finals of the G one, and I got shit. And you know what? I was patting myself on the back before night. What? Whatever it be, sixteen after night sixteen, because I really thought I was going to get Naito and Okada. And when in fact, and we got Tanahashi and, and Ibushi. So screw the two of you guys. <laughs> so look, I, all right, I, I I think that this is a great discussion, and I think we can continue it uh, a little bit later yeah. because yeah. I, I do want to focus on the on the B block stuff here, and I, I want to just add for the Ishii and Omega match itself. Though I think that the whole match was just gold standard stuff, but the last like couple of minutes were just brutal for both guys mm-hmm. and I, I mean at the end of the match you know we saw Kenny's lip just uh, torn it. apart Jeez. yeah I mean he <laughs> had to get stitches um, which are apparently already out so you know good for him but yeah I, I just think that they, they poured themselves into this match and, uh-huh. and gave us uh, something very special and it's you know it's, it, this is the type of match that in my opinion typifies the, you know the G1 at its best you, you know you're always going to have great matches but then you're also going to have those matches that really just bump it up a whole other level and the fact that this wasn't even the main event i think yeah. you know that's that's kind of indicative of what the g1 can be uh, at its mm-hmm. finest and this is by no means this is the first match that's been an example of that in the tournament but i, I loved it yeah and then like you said it's not even the main event because then we got naito and koto abushi that went 25 minutes plus and abushi picked up the win and that was i thought a really good match it was oh. Yeah, unfortunately, in a way, it followed the Ishii Kenny match with, like you said, with the blood and everything. It's for such a great visual, but this was a great match in its own right. It really was. These two guys brought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I felt the at the end of the match between Ibushi and Naito, I I really did feel about the same level of excitement. Um, the matches both brought a little something different, but. I, I, those were on par with each other. Um, I didn't see really one on top of the other. Like a lot of folks were just blown away and were unable to really see Ibushi and Naito for what it was. I, I felt the same after both matches and I was just thrilled. I think I put both of those in my top five actually. So that's yeah. how good those two matches were. Yeah. You know, for me, the thing that was awesome about Naito and Ibushi is that like, and I've been very, uh, I mean, I make no point of hiding this, but I've been very personally invested in Ibushi throughout the whole tournament. And for me, um, yeah, I, I certainly put the matches on par with the, each other. I, I might give a slight edge to the Ishii Omega match, but I will say this the last, you know, few minutes of this match in particular, I, I was, you know, I was just a pure fan. I, was, I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about the podcast. I wasn't thinking about what happens next. I wasn't thinking about who headlines the Dome. All I was thinking about was what was happening right in front of me, and it was mm. so much fun. And, and when Ibushi got the win, like, I mean, I, I, I popped, you know, like yeah. in my house. And, not, and that doesn't happen a lot, to be honest with you. I mean, the last mm-hmm. time I, I can really remember doing that was probably uh, uh, Omega and... Um, and Okada, um, you know, my, my, I, I know, I guess with Hiromu, I was pretty, I was pretty happy too. But anyway, the, yeah, for me, this was just so much fun, and I thought 
that one of the things that the match did also, in addition to gratifying the Ibushi fan in me, it reinforced how fucking great Naito is. Because yeah, he is. Not that you need any reminders, but man, the way he was able to be a heel in this match, I mean, he had the crowd booing him. Yeah. And that's something you don't see every day for Naito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it, it was just, it, it, it added so much to the match because you had this now, this new layer where Naito has no respect for Ibushi. He's healing it up in there. He's spitting on him. He's smacking him. He's, you know, and Ibushi just brought it. And that finishing sequence with when he dropped him on his head and it hit the Bama which was like, ah, it yes. was so freaking ah. cool. Um, <laughs> and then, and, and, and he even did the little pose before he hit it, which was awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then, yeah, and then he got the win, which was just a huge, huge. Because it was, you know, the, the match at that particular point in time, like we'd already talked about, had become one of the most important matches in the entire tournament. And I think that it, it you know, in that context, it paid off. Yeah, You know, I, I kind of lucked out here in a, in a weird way, because I'm always a big proponent of watching these shows live whenever you can. But I think this was, a, was a, an instant where I benefited by watching it on delay because I watched it at night. I watched the, the Kenny Ishii match, stopped it, and ate dinner. So when I came back, I wasn't coming off that, like, um, the emotional high. Uh-huh. It was like I had, like, a natural built break, and I just sat down, and I was mesmerized. And like you said, it's beautiful when you get caught up in a match, when you forget, like like you said, you're not worrying about point totals or who wins. You're uh-huh. just watching, and it's it's a wonderful thing when that happens. And like you said, you you don't need a reminder to let you know how good Naito is. And if anybody needs a reminder, just let me know because I'll remind you constantly because <laughs> Naito's the man. But yeah, I mean, you just had two guys that are masters of their craft, and you get when you can get lost in the moment. That's when when wrestling really is wait is special. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I mean, we're diehard wrestling fans, and we, you know, sometimes the bigger the fan you are, the more you expect from it, or you're thinking long term. It's just beautiful when you get caught in the moment. Yeah, I couldn't say that any better, man. So, but that wraps up night whatever, 14. 14. So, night 15, it takes place then Sunday, August 5th, also from Osaka. So, we're back to the A block at this point. We had the first match, which was Yoshihashi took on Bad Luck Ballet. Match with 8 minutes, 31 seconds. Anybody want to guess how it ended? Yep, we're on to the next (laughs) match. So, let's get into Hangman Page versus Minoru Suzuki. Oh, man. This yes. match goes 12 minutes, 5 seconds, and it ends with Hangman Page getting a clean victory over Suzuki with mm-hmm. the rite of passage. Um, wow, this was really, really good. Yeah. Hey, you know, like, and the ending was great. You, you rarely see people um, not even let the announcer get Suzuki's name out. I mean, that's how... Page was right after him, right at the start, and I loved it. The crowd got hot immediately. Um, they were shocked at that, and I loved it because he just jumped right in and said, "Screw you! I'm gonna take your ass out." And yeah, I mean, he did the the flip, the moonsault, moonsault. off the stage. He didn't even mm-hmm. have his entrance attire off yet. Yeah, he still right. had the bandana and the vest on. That's how early he did this. Like he, was, yeah. he just jumped him and went for it. 
It's almost become a, pay, a like a hangman page signature to get in like a moonsault or a shooting star press before he takes off his ring gear, his entrance gear. Yep. Like it's become like a signature of his to do that. And I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This match was a hell of a lot of fun. I think that the the way that hangman page has been elevated throughout the course of the tournament, um, this was really kind of the cherry on top in so many ways. Uh, it, it showed a, a great amount of intelligence just because he knew with the guy like Suzuki, you have to give as good as you're going to get. And, and the best thing to do mm-hmm. is to go after him right away. Uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, it just, it was a good match. And I honestly, I mean, look, we've talked about this before. I don't know that I would call Suzuki the type of guy that can literally get in the ring with just anyone and have a great match. Like there, you know, there are some guys that he struggles with in certain ways or more, maybe they struggle with him. I, I, I don't know you know, yeah. the, the proper way to say yeah. that, but with no, this, but this match, I didn't know if, if how well they would mesh and how well they would get together. And, and they just had a damn good match. And like you said, that finishing stretch was beautiful. And the fact that, you know, uh, Suzuki couldn't get the, the gotcha style pile driver um, and Paige was able to reverse it and, and, and hit the uh, right of passage I just thought was was damn cool yeah hey and and check this out I, I'm gonna make this point because I'm, I'm sure some people are thinking about it um, so I'll say it hangman page debuted in ring of honor in 2011 he's he's currently only 27 years old he's been there at ring of honor for all that time and we're just now talking about him what has Ring of Honor done with this person? I mean, all this time they've had him on his, on the books, and it takes this performance, this platform, and he's shining. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to my case that Ring of Honor is suffering right now, and it's oh. sad because I know how much potential is there. The oh, thing, I agree. Um, well, you think – oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, when, when this is over now – you would think that he would go back. He's got to be a leading candidate to be the Ring of Honor World Champion, correct? You would think. Oh, yeah. You would well, think. yeah, but like you said, you would think. Yeah. You know, the thing about Ring of Honor with him, and I'm no expert by any means, so so I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, talking a little bit out my ass here, but from what I do know, it feels like what they ended up doing with him is, you know, they, they, they brought him in like they do most young guys. They saw a little bit of potential in him, and they, they put him into some crazy-ass storyline with B.J. Whitmer that went absolutely fucking nowhere because it focused on, on this story that no one cared about, really. And then by the time he got together with the Bullet Club, it's like he, you know, this this spark that they saw was almost ready to catch had cooled off so much that people honestly weren't taking him very seriously at all. And it's really only been over Mm -hmm. the past, you know, year and a half or so um, that he's been able to just, I I, I mean, I think the talent, the in-ring talent was always there. Um, But now there's just so many other little nuances that he's been able to build, uh, you know, into his character and um, has become such an integral part of of not only the Bullet Club, but I think the texture of of New Japan as it forges itself as an international company. So, um, yeah, I don't really care what Ring of Honor does with him. I'm just stoked to see what New Japan will do with him next. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh... All right, well, let's move on to the next match, because we'll be here all night. We could talk about these matches forever if we wanted. But the next match was Togi Makabe took on Jay White. The match went 10 minutes, 22 seconds, and ended with Jay White hitting the Blade Runner for the pin. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have, like, basically no memory of this match. Yeah, I, don't I, mean mean that, I don't mean that mean. I just, I'm looking at pictures here, and a few things are coming back, but I don't remember a lot that stood out in this match to me, other than Jay White just being Jay White. You know, it's hard to comp- it's it's hard not to compare 
the August 4th show with the August 5th show and yep. the the level of match quality that Ishii and Omega and Ibushi Naito um the the level of quality that was there it kind of overshadowed in my viewing um overshadowed this this card unfortunately yeah. i mean that's just how good it was but i mean I, personally that's why i'm kind of having a sh- uh, problem remembering as well because August 4th blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been a, a, a function, though, this whole tournament in a way. The B block constantly overshined the A block in match quality. So the nights I remember the most about the A block is when it was more uh, the story. Was, was Like, the stories in the A block. And this was a night where I don't remember a lot of the stories. Like, I remember, like, and I don't want to say I don't remember the match at all. I do. But like you said, if you ask me to talk about a spot in this match or thing, I can't remember. I just I really can't. And, and and I remember the next two matches a little bit more. So I just think that, like you said, it's coming off the heels of the night before made it even yeah. tougher. Well, yeah. And I think just just throw my two cents in real quick. I think that this match in particular was it, there was nothing about it that would stand out. It was please, it was, please don't no. think that that means we were that it was bad. It wasn't right. bad. It's just we're at a point now this far in the tournament with so many great matches. We're, we're remembering the things that were like, oh, my God. And that this was just a solid wrestling match. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, if that's the case, we might as well move on. Yeah, let's um, go on. I mean, the, the biggest takeaway from there was just that Jay White had won to get to 12 points. Right. So that was the important thing. All right. Uh, the next match, which I do remember this. I enjoyed this match. Yes. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Michael Elgin. And you know what? Michael Elgin's one of those guys that I wasn't real big on, and I'm coming around. Like, I don't think he's a main event superstar or anything, but he he I have a higher opinion of Michael Elgin of late than I I did previous to this. Um, the match went 16 minutes, and it ended with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi rolling up, uh, getting a small package for the win on Elgin. After Elgin, I believe he rolled him up when he went for the, the Elgin bomb, correct? Yep, that's correct. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just remember, like, this was a very solid match. Like, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I just sat down and was like, oh, that was good, I, you know. Well, one of the things that I felt like it really did an excellent job of, 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 of you know, reminding us, quite frankly, um, is just really the testing the resiliency of Tanahashi um, because Elgin hit him with everything he possibly could. I mean, even that finishing sequence, there was like the big lariat, the splash mountain, uh, a buckle bomb, and then he went for that Elgin bomb, and Tanahashi was able to kind of just bounce back and get that uh, that cradle for the win. And, and I think that it really kind of helped to set the stage of, of, of everything that was to come, um, including what happened uh, in the final. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was good stuff. All I'll say about this match real quick is that I found it intriguing that Tanahashi got a roll-up small package pin on Elgin in 16 minutes, but Okada, in comparison, and this is what A-Block was all about. I mean, these two, Tanahashi and Okada, eventually. Um, Tanahashi knew a little extra. He had a little extra to give um intelligence wise and and it shows here and ultimately he had the most points um so i think it's just little details like that that show that tanahashi is always the ace he's still the ace and there's only room for one ace in the company and that's all i gotta say about that (laughs) (laughs) all right well then we get to the main event of this night which was kazuchika okada took on the king of darkness evil uh, the match went 18 minutes, 27 seconds, and it ended on a pinfall after Okada hit the Rainmaker. There's another match I enjoyed. 
These matches maybe didn't have mm-hmm. the, intent, the, the, the the emotional attachment as the night before, but they were both good matches. They were, they were both entertaining, good wrestling matches that told the story and continued the story of the A Block. Yeah, my favorite part on this match was just... I love that moment when Rokata was running down the stage and hit that drop kick. Oh. Um, oh, that, that was, was just great. the cool. I, I love that moment for me. That was that was awesome. That was my yeah. takeaway, Matt, from from that match. Yeah, it did, I, yeah, it was great. I, yeah, I really liked this match a lot. I, I thought that they worked really well together um, and and just had a damn good match. Um, and they packed a hell of a lot in for mm-hmm. an under twenty minute match, you know. Um, and, and there were some awesome spots. I mean, the, the 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 spot where Evil hit the Magic Killer when he threw Okada's feet under Red Shoe's shoulders uh, was was awesome. Um, there was the uh, 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 the time he hit uh, Everything Is Evil on Evil. I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was a cool match, and I think it, it, it told a great story. Just you know, nice self contained story. Um, and Okada coming out on top when he, you know, when he needed to. Yeah. So, I mean, does anybody have anything else on that, or do we move to the next night? Night 16! Night 16! <laughs> we are cooking with gas. This was Wednesday, August 8th, from Yokohama. So, the first match, we're back to, this is the second to last night of B-Block action. So, the first night, it, it starts, what a good match to start, too. Ishii and Juice Robinson. I mean, it went 12 minutes, 24 seconds, and ended with Ishii picking up the win uh, via the vertical brain buster. Um, so basically, if Ishii at any point in this tournament took on a champion, Ishii beat him. So this mm-hmm. is, you know, just another great match by Ishii. Juice, I thought, had a really good match. Uh, it just This was a great way to start the, the, the tournament action that night. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was a hell of a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, I, yeah, I thought this was great. Man, that... That fucking sliding lariat that Ishii hit was just brutal looking too. <laughs> oh, it is wicked look. I love the part too, like where the where Juice was screaming in his face. They did like the just the stare down and they were yelling. Yeah. Like it just showed the intensity in the match. I I love the feeling I get when I see Juice come out just having so much fun and then interacting with the the kids who are kind of hesitant because, you know, they're respectful, they don't wanna, you know, be a dick to the wrestlers and, and it's, it's out of, you know, society's kind of culture that, that that's in Japan. I love how he urges them and and to participate. I mean, that gives me the same feeling that I had when I was a kid, when I watched Brett, the Hitman heart, I was like, I always wanted to be that kid to get the glasses. So seeing this in juice, I mean, a lot of people can take some notes from this because he's just having the time of his life and I feel like I'm part of it. It's it's tremendous. I'm like a fan for life now. And I was like the last person to get on the on that train, but I'm on full board now. So you know, you're right, and, and I think it's interesting too because I think that the only other two wrestlers that we see in in very different ways for very different reasons interacting with the fans, kind of as much uh, would be Tanahashi, and, and that's just mm-hmm. because you know, like I say, he's, he's the, the ace. ace. Uh, and then, and the other who it's a very different way, but it's so fucking lovely what he does is Naito. Um, you know, when he fist bumps the kids or, you know, stuff like that, they, they seem to be, um, a little bit more interactive. Uh, you know, Okada is obviously very cool about it. You'll see him, you know, slap some pants here and there, but for the most part, um, yeah, the, the juice being sort of that, that kid friendly, uh, even in the finals when he gave the hat and the glasses away, which we'll get to, but yeah, uh, I, I agree. And, um. That's all I have to say. I love that. the fact that we're we're saying Juice Robinson is kid friendly because he'll, he'll give the kid the hat 
And then two seconds later, he's in the ring yelling, let's go, motherfucker. Right. Or like, telling... he's motherfucking, yeah, he's motherfucking everybody ten seconds after giving a hat or glasses right. to kids. And also, this is the guy who once told Cyrus that he was going to be knee-deep in Japanese pussy before the end of the night, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a live mic. Yeah, when he did that great promo before he wrestled Jay White when he said he was going to be shooting fireworks and bald eagles out of his fucking ass and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he's, he, and he's the most kid-friendly guy. Oh, boy. But, yeah. So, yep. all right, moving right along. We have the next tournament match was Hiroki Goto versus Zack Sabre Jr. Match goes 10 minutes, 43 seconds. Zack Sabre Jr. hits the European clutch hole for a pin. Um, this is just another case where Zack picked up another win over a title. Zack and Ishii seem to like keep picking up wins over title hold. Yeah. Because Zack now, he beat the Never Open champ and the U.S. champ. So yeah. there's so many different ways they could go. Although I have a feeling mm-hmm. they're going to set him up. Zack's going to get a shot at the U.S. title, I would think. You know, yeah, although I will say that the way that he taunted Goto after the match, like, with the belt... Um, it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it does make you kind of wonder if that's not what we'll see first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, and this is not a knock on Goto, but I don't know if I want Goto to beat Zack Sabre Jr., so I maybe, maybe he'll be maybe he'll be never champ, I don't know. I want to see Zack walking around with gold. yeah. New Japan goal, just so he's more obnoxious. Like, just give him every opportunity to be more obnoxious. And you know, the more I think that's Im- the that's more important I'm though. Tana. I, I think it's important to give Zach a title because he's had such a year, such an yeah. amazing year. Um, I think it would just solidify his year to give him a title, and he's really earned it. So, yeah, uh, no, I don't I, think anybody's going to disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he. You know, not only has he had a great year, but I think that he has added to the product. And I think when oh, you have yeah. a wrestler who comes in, you know, you can have a guy come in and just be like, "Oh, that guy's great." But when you have somebody come in and and they not only are great, but they also literally just add to the overall product. I he's mean, that's a guy you want to. Yeah, and that's a guy that you want to you want to have a belt on. You want to have out there that people are seeing, and and they've done a great job of that uh, all year long. And yeah. not to mention the awesome uh, Taka Michinoku uh, oh. entrance, which Paul is. Uh, I, I'm getting that crazy shirt about. now. They have it in blue. Hell yes! <laughs> you know, so I want to get the blue one because every seems like almost every wrestling shirt I own is black. So a blue Taka shirt. That's anybody. Christmas is coming up, guys. If anybody's looking to send presents, you know Santa Claus. <laughs> if he's listening, I want a blue Taka. Get, come over here, shirt. Um, all right, chugging right along. Uh, normally we don't talk about Tama Tonga matches, but I think we do need to talk about this one a little bit, more the ending of this. Because yeah. he takes on Kota Ibushi. The, minute, the match goes 14 minutes, 17 seconds. It ends with Tama winning via the gun stun. But now, and Sam, I thought, hit this perfectly. Had the, the OGs or the firing squad or whatever we're calling them, had not done all the shenanigans up to this point and then did it, how great would it have been? You know what I mean? It would have been yeah. meaningful, mm-hmm. and it would have been special, but it just got to a point where it was just another time they had to do this shit. 
Right, yeah. and I think that I think because it was overdone, it did take a little bit away from it. And uh, you know, uh, Voices of Wrestling uh, and I had a quick exchange on Twitter because you know, they were saying that uh, they thought it was perfect. And so I mentioned I was like, "This is being nitpicky," but I do think because the interference was overdone, that it took away some of the impact. And you know, and they were like, the counterpoint to that would be that Kenny wouldn't have gotten the pop they did for the save. And I I, I can see that point. I, I think it's a fair point to make, but I still disagree. I think that Kenny could have gotten an even bigger pop. Because by the time we saw this interference happening, it was just, it was eye rolling. You know, it wasn't, you weren't on the edge of your seat waiting, looking to the back to see if somebody was going to come make the save. You were just kind of sitting there, kind of scratching your head, like, oh, God damn it, not again. And so, you know, when Kenny did come out, for me personally, I was very happy, but it didn't, it didn't like get me on my feet. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think that they executed that, that interference just right with Kenny coming out they executed it perfectly, but, um, we were expecting it. Unfortunately, that's, you know, so, I mean, the execution was great, right? But, but we already kind of knew it was something like that was going to happen. So that kind of did take away from the fan enjoyment of it. So, yeah. And you know what? I got two takes on this. You know, first of all, I do like how it played right into the start of Kenny's match. Yeah, I love how definitely. Yano, and we'll get to that in a minute, Yano's like screaming for the bell to ring. Like, let's, like it's almost like somebody cashed mm-hmm. in a briefcase. Like, let's go, let's go. But the thing about it, too, and I've been watching all these times the Bullet Club interfere in matches and beat the shit out of somebody after the match. I can't say, tell you how many times I sat there and thought to myself, just trying to use some logic. The guy who's getting his ass kicked is a member of a stable. Where the hell are his friends? Right. Like, how yeah. many guys have gotten beaten down? Like, and all you can think to yourself is, where the hell are his partners? Well, They're letting him out there getting his ass kicked all the time. Most of these stables are kind of going through some bad times right now. But um, you would still think, no matter what the stable's right. going through, you should have somebody that's there to help you. Well, you I know? think this is why Jay White has it right right now. I mean, he's kind of taking control of what he has. Yeah. Um, and, and and not relying yeah. on the rest of the group like we're, we're talking a about lot Kenny. of other guys. We're, yeah, we're talking yeah. about Kenny making the save here, right? If 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 you're Kenny, it made sense because if, if we're going to present this as it's real, if your friend's getting his ass kicked in the ring by a bunch of guys and you're backstage, you would run out every time. Wait, Paul, this is real. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying not to you know be that guy, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, like you got guys getting beat down. Like Yo's getting beat down. Well, where the hell show? You're not going to run out and help him. You know what I'm trying I'm, to say? They're not all tournament long. I'm not going to say anything bad about show because he's beautiful. Um, yeah. So <laughs> well, I'm just going to step out of that one. But, but I understand getting to what yeah. I said. It played right in and will take us right into the, the next match. How it set up the beginning of the Kenny versus Yano match. Yes. How, yeah. so I would love to see, love to see more of that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's worth noting that with the loss uh, to Tamatanga, Abushi now absolutely had to have Omega lose this match. Uh, otherwise, he was done in the tournament. And so I think that, again, kind of going back to what Wilford was saying about execution, execution-wise, it added an, uh, you know, an extra layer of drama, a couple of extra layers, really. And, and so I think that, again, it was executed well. It just didn't have the impact that I felt like mm-hmm. it could have. Um, and, and I think, Paul, your points about the saves that could have happened at other points in time, you know, are, are valid and, and kind of lead into what I'm talking about there. Um, but again, I, I, execution was great and leading into the Toro Yano Kenny Omega match and, and, and Yano was perfect. <laughs> oh, I, I've done a complete 180 on Yano. Yeah. I couldn't stand him. Now the guy, the guy's a national treasure. This was, this was about as 
the, the, the funniest parts of the whole tournament to me were this match and the Yano Sonata match that we yep. talked about two minutes ago. I mean, the best part about this is when he puts all the ring pads down and does the suplex, and then the look on Kenny's face when he realized it didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... There was so much good stuff going on, and I don't. And mind. how good? How good was Chase as well? Chase Owens in this. Oh, when um, he threw himself up on the ring post, yeah, the, the turnbuckle, <laughs> so Kenny wouldn't hit them. Yeah, that was. But hilarious. and it ended the right way. I mean, with all the shenanigans, and you needed Kenny to drop the match here, to keep the tournament alive. So I thought everything about this was done well. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought, like you said, and it's just sad. Everything about the match before and the match here were done so well with the interference, but it had just been done so much it was it detracted. Yeah, definitely. But what are we going to do? It is what it is. But it takes a sense. But now we get an interesting match in the main event. I think it's going to be interesting Ugh. because I think Ken, I think there's some different, differing opinions on this match. Um, the, ma- the main event is a little battle within LIJ, which is Naito versus Sonata. The, the, the build-up to this was that Sonata wouldn't do the fist bump. I mean, they did tag, and there, was no, there, was, there wasn't too much shenanigans. But, and then it seemed like whenever he would do it, Naito or somebody would screw the other guy over a little bit. So it was interesting. So you get the match. It goes 19 minutes, 52 seconds. It ends with Naito picking up the win via the Destino. And I know, Sam, you weren't, I don't want to say down on the match. I think it just, I think the word you used was you were a little underwhelmed. Yeah. I was, and I was really looking forward to the match, and and, and and by no means was it bad. I mean, I still enjoyed the match. I just think, and I know that's one of the things that Wilfred even pointed out were, you know, all the reversals. I felt like they overdid it. I felt like the finishing stretch of the match, it was like you were there were reversals for reversals' sake instead of actually making logical sense and feeling like they were timed in a way that added drama to the match. It just felt like, it felt very workmanlike as opposed to natural. And 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 I think that, you know, with some of the stuff that we saw from Abushi Omega, uh, you know, there was there were some reversals in there that were just things of beauty. Um, and, and I don't think, I don't think that was the case here. Um, yeah. And it also, and it was also, you know, it was surprising, but it makes sense, and I'm okay with it. But I was very much in the mode while watching this match that it was going to be more important than what it ended up being. And I felt like what happened after the match was beautiful, and, and it kind of made me say, oh, okay, that's fine. But it but it did take away maybe some of the importance of the match that I put into it, and I fully admit that, going into the match. I think that's the only tiny critique I have of your argument. Your, your argument make, makes you know makes sense. I don't totally agree with it, but but that the one critique is that I think this is the first chapter of a longer story that we're going to be talking about later. Oh, remember when they had that G one match? That was like the first time they fought. That's I the, think this is the seed. This is just planning the fa- the 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 foundation for a longer. You know, an LIG feud later down the road. This is just planting the seeds. Um, I, I didn't put as much into the match. Maybe that's why I was more excited with it. Because um, I think that the LIG, LIG story will be told over the next two to three years. Yeah. I don't think that this is anywhere close to being even... This is just planning the foundation for it. Yeah, um, and I and I get that, and I and I don't, you know, I, I don't see any fault in that. I do question 
with somebody like Sonata and all of the other younger guys that are now coming up, I'm just sort of like, is Sonata going to get lost in the shuffle? Because I feel like he's been a guy that's been on the verge of, of breaking into some sort of interesting story like this as a singles wrestler, you know, for, for a couple of years now. And, and now we're sitting here saying that this is just the, the, the first match in a longer story. And that's cool. That's great. And I, and I totally see the logic in that, especially because I have been for months now the proponent of Naito Okada in 2020 and that Naito's story is going to take us there and that that's important while you have a bunch of people who are impatient as hell right now and I get it but you know I, I, I'm a firm backer of this grand you know long term storytelling it's the same thing with you know Ibushi Omega and being like I mean this is a story you know a decade in the making so like I, I don't have a problem with that I do question though if like if ever there was a guy to jumpstart into some sort of feud, I feel like it would be Sonata because my fear is that he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Um, my take on this is oh, twofold. I, I don't have a problem because I think if you did it with Sonata now, he might get lost in the shuffle because it'd be going on the same time where two major factions are having inter- like civil wars with each other, which are going to take priority. I think it's better to keep Sonata where he is, plant the seed, and then once that those stories cool down eventually, then you can put Sonata on his own path. And, and let him shine a little bit more. And I, you know what? I get what you're saying about the match. I, I disagree a little bit, but I think part of it was who won. I think you would have a slightly different look at it if Sonata won, because I think, you, and, and uh, you know, I don't want to tell you what you think, but you you are ready for Sonata to take that next step. So was there a little bit of disappointment that, like, you thought maybe this would be the moment where he steps out a little bit and he didn't? No, I mean, honestly, like, that, oddly enough, did not factor into it at all. After I watched the match, like, I was fine with Naito winning, and I got it. I just think that, again, I think that the reversals and the way that they were done in the last couple of minutes were overblown, and they didn't work for me. And 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 that is completely separate from any of the story or any of the other stuff I had going into it. I just think that that it didn't, the match did not work how I, 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 it just didn't work for me. All right, well, I get that, because there's going to be a match coming up that we're going to discuss. And I think I'm going to have a similar feel to, and I think I'm going to be the odd opinion on, but we'll get to that. Um, so let's jump to the next night. Oh, before we do too, uh, the things that happened after the match were great, yes. but if anybody didn't see it, I oh, would, yeah. Hiromu's tweet after it, when he did the fist bump to the TV, was was great because evil came in with Hiromu's jacket lij was in the ring and see this is the other thing about the whole seed getting planted it felt like they were all coming back together and everything was okay and it felt like a really beautiful moment with Hiromu's jacket so in that way it, it kind of it, wow. it blew the wind out of the sails for any sort of like oh t- tension between you know, sonata and naito i actually disagree with you on that because i didn't feel like it was some lovely reunion because sonata was on the ground halfway through the promo um, still having an ice pack on his shoulder, Naito just continued with his spiel. So that didn't really seem very harmonious to me until yeah, eventually Sonata got up. Um, so I think that's just a little seed that's planted that, well, I think that might be in a video package later down the road that he yeah, was just laying know, on that's, the ground. That's actually, that's actually a really, really good point because, you know, you're right. Because had Evil not up. come out, had Evil not come out, you would not have gotten that. And I, and so I guess evil coming out with Hiromu's jacket was kind of the glue that brought them back together. Cause he did do the fist bump after, after. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but I took it as it was almost by the time he got up and did the fist bump, it was discussed. Like I can't, he's better than me still. I'm not ready. I, like begrudgingly. He's still there. And then no, if the, you watch night post game or post match interview, 
he talked about how like two or three years ago that would have been an easy match. Now it's not so easy, but he can still beat Sonata. Like I think it it was more that Sonata was beaten down, didn't win, and begrudgingly did the fist bump. Kind of like, all right, I understand my place still is here. Yeah, but no, 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 I think that's... it's going to be in a video package, like Wilfred said, that this was just the seed that underneath the surface he still he thinks he can beat Naito. He just didn't do it. Yeah, no, no, no. Those are the, the yeah. Those are very, very, very good points. I, we'll I'm, see how I'm, they present it. I'm but seeing, about, it, I'm seeing yeah. it in a different light, but I, I stand by my. Well, that's my, fine. My and that's the that's the <laughs> that's the thing about you know New Japan Pro Wrestling is that they put the seeds in there. They don't have to actually go water the seed and put sun on it and and actually develop it. They can go back to that anytime they wish, and it's not they're not putting all their eggs in one basket. So. I like that. That's what I love about this promotion. Oh, yeah. No, me too. You know? Me too. So, all right. Well, that all being said, we still have two more nights and then the finals of Tom Pop. So let's jump ahead. But now we are really cooking with gas because we are on the final night of the A block. It took place Friday, August 10th. And now the, for the rest of the tournament, we are at the Budokan. Yeah. So, which means we're not going to see balloons or moonsaults off bell. Mm-mm. Okay. So, but the uh, but the balloons are for sale on the New Japan Pro Shop uh, yes. for fifty, I think about fifty cents. So, now, Paul, I, I'm going to jump in real quick because Go before right we ahead. get to the tournament matches, we do have to talk about the Bullet Club Six Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let me just say that I didn't see this live. I was the last of the three of us to see this. Okay, and you guys had both told me don't skip the, the Bullet Club Three Man. It's good. It's everything. I watched it thinking it was going to be spectacular. And after five minutes and 20 seconds, I said, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You guys made it, made me feel like, oh my God, something big's going to happen. And then I walked away. I'm like, what the right? <laughs> so Look, that's my, I was just saying to see six guys go for five minutes and never lay a hand on one mm. another is, is it, it takes some, some no, art, you know, I, I think I, if I, I hadn't known and just watched it, I would have found it very humorous. But you guys built me up for something, and then it didn't deliver. Well, like I thought we were going to get something uh, like somebody screwed somebody or something, and all I got was six guys in a ring doing the freaking bird thing. <laughs> and the ref, too. Tiger Hattori yeah, was doing that's it. That's right. And then oh. I loved how Kevin Kelly was blaming Tiger Hattori for all the nonsense. <laughs> But, you know, the point, uh, not only was it that they didn't make any contact, the the thing that I took away from that was how it was uh, as quiet as possible when the bull, when when OG came out. I mean, that crowd was just like, uh, like the air just fell out of everybody saying, you wow, could hear you could hear it was so so it was noteworthy to an extent where yes it's a bit of an art form that they could do all of this and keep us entertained for five or six minutes but man the ending just took the air out of that building yeah it was devastating all all i could think of when i was watching and they're they're going for six minutes and nobody's touched anybody the first thing in my head is oh I, i i'm gonna have to hear what Cornette says about this because that's all I can think about is like he's gonna be in there. These motherfuckers went six minutes and they're exposing the business like it's 1972. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So no. you guys got me fired up. Maybe slept sleep deprivation. I think that's the third or fourth time I've dropped the curse today, and I don't think I've done it three times since we started the show. But um, all right. Well, that being said, let's get into the tournament block. And you know what? I'm going to take the first three matches, just give me your hot takes on them real quick, because really at this point we're down to the final two matches of each night. So you're just quick, in the interest of time, we'll quick hot 
hot take the first three, okay? All right. We got Togi Makabe defeats Michael Elgin, 8 minutes, 46 seconds, King Kong knee drop. Liked Quick. it. Good slugfest. I agree. Wilford, no problem. No problem with Maccabi taking the victory there. I loved it. A yeah, good I crowd response. One All right. Uh, Yoshihashi defeats Hangman Page. T- 10 minutes, 22 seconds. He hits karma. Sam, quick take it. I really enjoyed this, and I think the right guy won in terms of, you know, the, the, the long term, the big picture, and Adam Page still walks out looking awesome. I think Yoshihashi needs to have a tag team partner right now and give them some gold. I think Yoshihashi would do good if he had a belt around his waist. I agree. I I think Uh, it needs it. I kind of wanted Hangman Page to win, but after the fact, I kind of think that you were right because I think Yoshihashi needed the two points. Yeah. To make him look better. All right. We get on to Bad Luck Fale versus Minoru Suzuki. Eight minutes, 51 seconds ends in disqualification. This is fucking need terrible. To, yeah. Mm. All right. We're past it. All right. Hand wave How easy one. was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. The, um, the second to last match, or next to last match, however you want to phrase it, we have Jay White takes on the King of Darkness, Evil. Uh, the match goes 11 minutes, 36 seconds, and it ends with Evil picking up the pin via Everything is Evil. Or Evil, I don't know what you call exactly call that, but I guess it's Everything is Evil. Um... Yeah, you know what? I was slightly disappointed here. Not in the match quality, but I kind of wanted Jay White to still be involved through the last match. But the way it was set up, if he had won, Okada couldn't win the group. So I understand why they did it, because then it put all their eggs into one basket for the Tanahashi-Okada match. And, And when we talk about that match in a minute, that's why I don't have a problem with this. I agree. Uh, I, I thought Evil in particular, I mean, Jay White looked good too, but I thought Evil looked really good, uh, you know, and, and even coming off of the match with Okada continued to look good. Uh, y- y- you know, I, I would not be upset if, you know, we found a uh, one of the three singles belts that is not the IWGP Heavyweight Championship around his waist by the end of next year. I would be fine with that, uh, even, yeah. though, even the Intercontinental. Um, I think that he, he, he always brings a lot to the table. Um, yeah, I agree. And, I agree. and I enjoyed this match. You know what, you I know, just... Oh, I'm you know, sorry. That's ahead. okay. Um, so I, I kind of feel the way... I, I feel the same way about Evil as Sam does about Sonata. I kind of worry that... And, and I, this is like a mirror reversal. I kind of think Sonata is going to be that guy who steps in for whoever departs or whoever leaves next year, um, if anybody does. I think Sonata's the one who they're going to pull the, the trigger on, and I think Evil might actually get lost in the shuffle. I, that's kind of how I feel about Evil. Yeah. Here's a crazy, here's a crazy, yeah. crazy thought, and, and and please feel free to jump all over this and, and tell me how stupid I am. But I, 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 do we get the sense that there is a possibility that Sonata and Evil will will perennially, you know, eventually turn into the the Goto and the Ishi of of New Japan? You I know, hope the so. gatekeepers. Yeah, the guys that, the th- guy, the guys that are solid that can carry you know a belt here or there. They're never going to win the big one, um, but but they're yeah they're just they're just kind of there. Um, I think Ishii will, or Evil will. Yeah. I think Sonata has a better chance to break out into bigger things, but I think yeah. Evil has a, has a, an unfortunate. I think Evil has a very good chance of becoming that guy. And that's not uh, a bad I'm, thing necessarily. I mean, Ishii's yeah. one of the best fucking wrestlers no, you, in the company. You need but, those in you your know. company, and you need those. There's nothing wrong with that, but I know what you're saying. Like, I don't think if. if, if if you were to take these younger group of guys, and, and I think Sonata's the guy that you could circle in that group and say, there's a guy who has a chance to become a, a champion. Down the line. Yeah, More I agree. so than evil. You know? 
I, I kind of um, feel that way, yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with... I mean, if Ishii retires tomorrow, God forbid that happens, I would not mind Evil being in that role at yeah. all. Yeah, um, no, I wouldn't either. But I, I agree with Paul that... that I agree that, that Sonata does have a bit more of a ceiling, um, a higher ceiling than Evil. Yeah. Between the two. I agree. But this was, getting back to the match, this was a really good match. I think part of the problem I, I had, not a problem, but I really wanted Jay White to win only because I thought it would have been great to see Jay White come out and, and like, cheer on Okada in the main <laughs> event. Like, after all the shit that he's been doing, now he's going to be a team player and root for Okada because it's in his own best interest. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I get why they mm-hmm. didn't. So I'm not I'm not nitpicking. I just thought that would have been cool. But sure. then it would have taken away some of the drama. It, it, I don't know if it would have taken away the drama. It just would have shifted the drama. But let's get to the main event. here, Please. Yes. OK. Let's you have Hiroshi Tanahashi wrestles Kazuchika Okada. Now, the, the dynamic now when we get to this after the last match was basically if either one of the, the men win the match, they win the block. And if it ends in a draw, Tanahashi wins the block. I really honestly thought, didn't think this was going to go to a draw. And the reason I thought that was, and me and Wilford discussed this a little bit yesterday, was they kept hyping up the fact that these two had never have a, had a singles match that went less than 30 minutes. So it was like, I just felt like they were setting us up to think draw. And then like at the, when you got to the 29 minute mark of this match, I'm thinking they're, they're going to make it look like it's going to be a draw and Okada's is going to win this, but like five seconds left or 10 seconds left. But no, they they went the full thirty minute draw, and Tanahashi wins the block. What were your thoughts? It was a great match, and the end of this match, I mean, I was literally starting to like pop out of my seat. Like you know, when you get that excitement, you don't yeah. want to sit down. That's that's the point I was at with this. Sam, what do you what, what do you got here? Man, uh, I thought it was just it was a beautiful match. Uh, you know that that's a word you don't necessarily hear often. I think to describe wrestling, but. This was just a beautiful match, and it was it got me on an emotional level um, that I don't think any other match in the tournament did. Um, even even Kenny and Coda, which I'm surprised at, uh, but it was it was just well done from top to bottom. Um, you, you know, probably has to be mentioned in, you know as one of the best matches in the tournament. I love the draw. I love the fact that even as the, the the seconds were, you know, winding down and Tanahashi knew that he won the block with a draw, he was still going for the win. Um, it, Tanahashi did something kind of incredible in this tournament in my opinion. And and I, I think you see it from progression from his very first match with Suzuki all the way through until his last match in the finals with with Kota Ibushi. And that is, he was able to kind of tell a story about who he is as a professional wrestler. And and some guys, you know, do that every time they go out there, and certainly he's one of them. But the way that he, you know, paced himself and matched up with everybody and, and, and the matches that he had all leading to, you know, to this match and then, of course, to the finals, he really kind of reaffirmed something that I arguably, you could say, he had sort of lost um, over the past year or so, especially with the um, you know with the big loss to Okada, so I think that this match was able to kind of build him back up. Now, I'm going to admit something here that that is going to be potentially controversial. I'm conflicted about how I feel about that because I was absolutely okay with the idea of that not happening, and certainly with what's going to happen in the finals, I was 
very surprised and, and was scratching my head when I accidentally read a fucking spoiler before I saw the match, which, you know, kicked my ass, <laughs> I'm but that's sorry. okay. It's not I'm your fault. Sorry. It's not your fault. Um, but, but anyway, I'm getting long-winded here. Point is, I thought this uh, was a beautiful match. I was totally emotionally invested in it, and I loved the finish. Yeah. Let me, let me say it. one thing real quick. Go ahead. And I was going to save this for the finals, but Sam just brought it up, and you were talking about how you were, your thoughts going into this. I thought I remembered a comment being said, so I did go back through our archives and I found it. Um, there's a discussion a couple months ago where me and you, or this is before Wilford had joined on, Sam, you and I are talking about Tanahashi, and we were, this is an amazing thing, we were both of the opinion that he shouldn't, that we were okay if he wasn't even in the G1 this year, because <laughs> we couldn't see him winning or even getting to a finals, and if that was the case... Why put him in there? And I think the conversation happened around WrestleMania time because we drew the comparison to The Undertaker, how he comes back, but I'm seeing The Undertaker not really being Ugh. The Undertaker anymore. And I and, and I think the conversation steered towards Tanahashi that we didn't want to get to a point where we saw Tanahashi and he wasn't really himself anymore. That he had <sighs> you guys are breaking my heart here. You guys are breaking well, my no, heart. But, Oh. The, 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 the idea of the conversation, Wilford, was that we, want, we didn't want to have memories of Tanahashi in the G1 just being there. We wanted him, if he was going to be there, like he was in the old days, to be a factor. And we thought those days were behind him. Little did we know that, what, three months later, four months later, this is what we'd be talking about. And and the part, the, the weird thing, Sam, it wasn't like we were doing it from a negative point of view, but we were both okay if he was done in the G1. Yeah, I, I do vaguely remember that conversation. I do think that we neither one of us thought that he wouldn't be in it. It was just more no, no, a no. case of, like... We would have been okay had he not. Right, right, right. Mm. But I don't think either one of us had any idea that we were going to get A, this performance, and B, these results from Tanahashi. Well, let me jump in because I I didn't know that he was going to have a performance like this where he he cruised, essentially. But I did pick him for the block, and I could not be prouder because you just can't go against Tanahashi. Um, I want to say a couple things on the match real quick. The, the transition that the, the camera crew did, the production crew did, as um, Okada was coming out, Tanashi in the ring already, um, they did that split like that, that um, what do you call it, where they blend the two frames together. And I just thought that was so amazing during that intro. You could see that trans, um, transposition of the, two, of the two warriors, essentially. I thought that was awesome looking. Yeah. Um, I loved, I loved, I totally freaked out when Tanahashi had Okada's leg and then dropped him in a freaking Styles Clash. That yeah. was, that was insane. Yeah. I went crazy for that. That was um, very cool. I was not expecting a, a Styles Clash. I was freaking out. And like Paul said, Tanahashi was going for the win, even though he might have known that there was only a minute left or however many seconds left. But he still went for the victory. And that's what separates him from Okada as the yeah. ace. I mean, when, Okada's when, not there. He's not when there. When he yet. went for the win, even like Sam said, he, he pretty much had the, the, the point that he needed. And he went for the win. And they said, oh, he's going for the win with like 10 seconds left. I'm thinking in the back of my head, he's going to go for it, miss, get hit with the Rainmaker, and it's going to cost him because he went for the win. I still like that's, with 10 that's what seconds, I was thinking too honestly. With 10 seconds left in this match, I still mm-hmm. didn't think it was going to be a draw. Yeah. And I think that's why the the <laughs> the crowd was uh almost 100% pro Tanahashi because that's what they expect from him. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think crazy. Okada's at that level just yet. 
And you know what? The, the, the crowd, I, I do want to take a quick moment to talk about that. It's very interesting. Uh, they were at about two-thirds sellout um, on this night. They sold out the next night, and obviously they sold out the night after. But the thing that's even more remarkable is apparently on the... the and this is something that I do want to talk a little bit about when we get there. But for the Kota Ibushi Kenny Omega main event, they had to sell standing room only tickets because they sold so many tickets. They were at like 140% capacity or some shit like that. Crazy. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that night then. Yeah. Let's get to the, the final night of the B block, which is Saturday, August 11th. Again, we are in the Budokan. So we'll do the same thing. We'll just hot take the first three matches and get to where we need to get. So it's Yano versus Tamatango. Do we even want to talk about that? And that's Whoa. no slight on that's no, no slight on you, wait. Mr. Yano. No, no, no. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. What what match was it that that Harold actually came down? Was this the match that that Harold oh, came down? Right. Um, I think it was right. Yeah, that it is absolutely something worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, I, because Fale was coming down here. Yeah. And then they had all the referees coming out, trying to hold everybody back, and Harold May... Yes, it was. I have the picture up right now. Yep. He came down, and I said, holy crap, that freaked me out. I haven't seen him like or that. Um, that really took me by surprise. It yeah. did make it seem legitimately uh-huh. like intense and real, though, didn't it? It did. It's clear yeah. that he is watching the Bullet Club OGs very closely, because he was even ringside for the opening of the um, Never Six Man tag title match. Yeah. Well, he made it a tag title match because uh, the, the Bucks were willing to put him on the line or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, very, very interesting to see that. Yeah, I, was, yeah, that I was really honest, shocked I at that. I, I mean, I, I, like we mentioned yesterday on Wilford Watch's podcast, I, I hope that Harold doesn't become an on-screen character at all. I mean, like Paul said yesterday, if he comes in occasionally for something extremely important, that's understandable, but... I really hope he does not stay on camera and become a character. I don't want to do the Vince McMahon thing again. <laughs> no, I, I don't think not. he will. I really don't think he will. I think what you've seen the last two nights is basically the extent of what you're going to get. Just every once in a blue moon. Of, uh, you know what I mean? I could see a situation where you see him again in the not too near future if somebody gets suspended or something like that. But I don't even think you'll see that. I think it'll be a, like they, they put it on the website, more like a press release. Um, all right. Now let's get in. We got your quick take, real quick. Deuce Robinson defeats Hiroki Goto with Pulp Friction, 10 minutes, 36 seconds. Uh, I I liked it. I thought they had a really good match. Uh, The question that I'm left with is, does this in any way, shape, or form mean that the United States Championship is more important than the Never Championship? And is that something that we needed to be reminded of? Because did we already think that to begin with? Uh, I already thought that, and it's funny because me and Wilford brought that up. Wilford actually brought it up, and we discussed it. But, yeah, I mean, we had made the argument in earlier shows that the U.S. title was more important than the Never Open title. And, in fact, I remember when Kenny had it, we were talking about how the U.S. title stacked up to the Intercontinental title right. for a small I, period I of time. Remember, yeah, I remember those So I definitely think yeah, the U.S. title is That was just a confirmation of that point, that the U.S. title is, is higher on the pecking order right now. It's crazy. And I think a lot of that has to do with Juice. I mean, yeah. he's carried that title. Whether he gets some losses or whatever, he's carried it with a broken hand. He's uh, interacting with the fans. He's living his best life right now. Um, if if Juice had the Never title around his weight do, doing this, the Never title would be a lot higher. I think this is really because Juice is making. I mean, he's killing it. And I think all the credit should go to Juice for this. 
Yeah, well, I mean, look at in the, the short the short period of time exactly. that the U.S. title's been around. It's only had three champions, and look who they've been. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Omega held the belt. Then you had Jay White, who obviously is going to be a megastar, and Juice Robinson. So, I, you, you know, you can say whatever you want about yep. the U.S. title. They're putting it on guys that absolutely matter. Right. Yeah, I think they made that belt a big deal right out of the gate, and 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 I I, I agree mm-hmm. that that Juice has helped to elevate it even more. Um, and I think that the great thing that we're about to see Juice coming off of these losses in the tournament is him defending that belt. And uh, I I don't know if he's going to hold it all the way through to Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to see him defend the belt and pick up some of these you know avenge some of these losses uh, that he had in the tournament. Okay. I think we're all in agreement there. All right, let's jump to the next match. And I said hot yes. takes, but my hot take on this match is that it was goddamn great. It was, was Hero Ishii took on Sonata, and the match went 17 minutes and ended with uh, Ishii picking up the win via the tremendous. How good was this match? It was really good. Like, and, and you know what? Nothing against him. I should have seen it coming, because we're talking about how good Sonata is and how athletic he is, and we talk about how good Ishii is. And then when the match comes on, you're like, oh, okay. Because you're kind of looking at this point to the last two matches because they're going to decide the group. You're like, okay. And then you get an unbelievable match kind of out of nowhere. But I guess we should have saw it coming a little bit, right? Well, that's it. I mean, we've talked about it the whole time, and we haven't even said it this episode so far, so I'll go ahead and throw it out there now. This is representative of just how fucking deep the B block was. You know, it's like we're getting this match on on the final night of block action. And it doesn't even matter. No, exactly. And it ended up being a great match. And this, in contrast, not to beat a dead horse, but in contrast to the uh, Naito-Sonata match, I felt like the reversals that happened at the end of this match felt so real and so heated and so natural like th- that was kind of I guess what I was missing in, in that match and I just loved the finish and I-, I-, I thought that it was you know they told a wonderful story where it, it really could have just gone either way um, and-, and that Ishii ends up getting getting um, I want to make a point on Sonata yeah. I just want to sing his match. praises a little more I mean not only is he beautiful but um, also <laughs> but okay look at I think he's <laughs> taken another step in his career this year and this tournament because one, he held the tag titles with Evil. Lovely. It was great. Um, I love the run. Uh, he is able to pull off a damn good match with just about any kind of style there was. You've got Zack Sabre Jr. match, which was tremendous. You've got Ishii, which is just a, a – I mean – and then you have yes. Yano Tovaru, which we talked about right away. Like, he always has a great match. And I think that's that's a new layer for him that that he is going to deliver in just about any type of wrestler that he's going to face. I could not agree more. I think that, yeah, what we see now from Sonata is such a multifaceted mm-hmm. performer, um, even right down to his moveset. I mean, there's there's things that he's doing now that he wasn't necessarily doing before that you didn't necessarily see that much from him. And now if you watch a, you know, a match of his, it's like, yeah, he can... He can hit you from any angle with any type of move within it. Yeah, I, 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 and I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I love him. You know, I, hell, I wanted him to beat Naito. <laughs> we never want anybody to beat Naito. Let's be very clear about this. All right. Oh, oh Paul, well, by the way, I, I am wearing my, my Los Ingobernables yeah, shirt um, for great, you today. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm in mourning. 
And when, <laughs> Sam, when I uh, I was able to, I was honored yesterday to be able to be a guest on Wilfred's uh, Watches podcast. Which Sam, for the record, Sam would have been there too, but some somebody blew off his <laughs> wrestling responsibilities yesterday to go to a goddamn concert. All right, hey man, that's I've awesome. been waiting over ten years to see the Gaslight Anthem live. <laughs> yeah, you almost didn't make it because you're the weird, the world's weirdest Uber driver. He's I thought listening. he was going to murder you. I mean, Ooh. between the NRA sticker and the Spice Girls blaring on the radio, I, I took my own life in my hands when I got in We, we were in a group chat, and he texted it, and I put, you're going to get murdered, and he put, <laughs> baby, and I said, if you, if you get killed, can I have your record collection? Because that that, concentra- oh that constitutes a legal will now, after that case in Minnesota. So if you ever go, Sam, the records are mine. Anyway, so, but thank you. So I'm on the podcast, and we talked about this in my heartbreak with Night Out, so... In honor of that, the photo that he used for this podcast is Harold May holding a Naito teddy bear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just for me. Just for me. Love it. Got me right here in the fields, you know what I mean? But uh, th- this match went 18 minutes, 17 seconds. <laughs> it, that, that was the countdown to my world getting crushed, okay, from bell to bell. Uh, I did. It ended with Zack Sabre Jr. hitting the Zack Driver. on Naito. Let me just say, as much as I didn't want Naito to lose, I loved the ending. Yeah, I loved how when he went for the second Destino, it got reversed, and I thought it was great that he didn't submit him. He he flat out pinned him with the, with the move. I thought that was wonderfully done. <laughs> I didn't care for his text after. Did you see his text? He, he tweeted at Naito, "Who's tranquilo now, dickhead?" Oh God, I loved it. I I loved everything about this match. I really did. Uh, I, I I thought this match felt like a real fight. In so many ways, um, and and it's interesting because in Zack Saber Junior matches, oftentimes you know you'll get that ground game, the grappling, the submission, and, and, and it feels very real. But it doesn't necessarily always feel like a fight, if you know what I mean. And this just felt like a fight, and I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought they both played you know to one another's strength so well, and uh, that finish, man, that finish was great because he's been teasing that move the whole damn tournament and struggling with it, and now. You know, here he gets it out of nowhere. Uh, you know, and gets I gotta say and, this. And I mean, if, if you if you didn't listen to um, the podcast yesterday, this is what's failing Naito. I feel like he doesn't have the I don't know courage or confidence. Yeah, to to enable confidence. a new maneuver or even bust out an old finishing maneuver. Zach is willing to go out of his you know comfort zone and hit a finishing power move. And it was enough to get the victory, which Naito doesn't have right now. Okata, Okada doesn't have right now. But Dude, Tanahashi can a- win with the roll-up. He has the high-fly flow. Um, Zach has... Yeah, so so Naito's missing that little relief. bit of extra. And that's where Zach took advantage. That is such a great point because I feel like even Okada... Um, you know, yes, I agree. The Rainmaker is pretty much his, you know, the, the default. That's what he has to win with. But even if you watch an Okada match, and the Evil match is a great example of this, he's going to do different things every match. You're not going to see him do, he doesn't try to follow a template. Whereas Naito really does kind of 
follow a template like it, it down to every you know everything about the man and this is not a knock on him as a wrestler i'm not trying to say that but i think that he goes for those big sequences and and, and to a fault and 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 zach caught him a couple of times in this match and so i think uh i, I think you're right mm-hmm. i think he needs to add something new to the mix um just you know i mean jesus look at will osprey he's only been there for a couple of years and he's already used like what three yes. finishers yes you know, does, does they need to dust off did you the, see uh, you know Spartans i don't genius. know if they just did this for is that I, what we're saying <laughs> Or is it the Stardust Genius? Yeah, I don't Stardust know if this Brad. is just for the, the G1 finals or if I just haven't been watching, but the beginning of his, you know, entrance video is essentially, it's the old one. It's the old uh, Naito, it. essentially. Yeah. I, I caught that, too. And I, I don't know if it's always like that and we just mm-hmm. don't see it because of the camera angles. Like, it always starts out with his face and the music. And then by the time, because of the camera angles, or if this was just because of the way the Budokan is set up, but I'm looking, I'm like, wow, they're showing old Naito here, like, before he went on excursion, yeah, like something. when he was, the, you know, the Stardust genius and everything. Like, it, his video package, like, showed the evolution of Naito. And no. I'd love for somebody, if, if they knew, to tell us if it's always been that video or if this is new. Um, one thing I do want to throw in real quick is that I had I had read that the reason why he doesn't do the Stardust Press anymore is because of his knees, because he, he physically he can't do it, at least not with the frequency. So that's why he doesn't use it as a finisher. Um, yeah. So he just he just can't actually do it physically anymore. And you know that's the other thing that is important to remember. I mean, the guy's like what, like thirty seven, thirty eight years old. So I mean, I, I would much rather. Uh, I would much rather him limit the use of that move and find something else that might be a little bit safe. I mean, look at what Mudo did. You know, that's the perfect example. He he started you know doing the Shining Wizard <laughs> instead of the Moonsault. Although the crazy bastard, here he is in his 50s, gets a double knee replacement surgery, and before he does that, he goes out and does a Moonsault. It's like, okay, well, you know, well, that's, that's why, why they call you great. Yeah, uh, that's why he's great. Um, Naito just turned 36. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's, let's... But still, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm along with everything. So let's get to the main event. We have Kenny Omega, the best bout machine, takes on the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. The match goes 23 minutes, 13 seconds. It ends with Ibushi picking up the win via the Kamigoyi knee. Now, am I the only one, too? Like, we call him the best bout machine. Did Kenny come out like he was Kenny the Cleaner? Like, he had a, an edge to him. Like, he it was almost like a throwback. Like, I'm not saying the wardrobe or anything, but, like, he, he seemed more like that Kenny. Like, he kicked up his intensity and his, I don't want to say wickedness, but it seemed like in, early in this match he was willing to go to a place he hasn't been in a while. I would agree with that. I think the fascinating thing about the beginning of this match is that you could have almost expected, they played against expectations. I you agree. could have expected them to go out and shake hands. You could have expected them to kind of, you know, to, to, to be friendly, to be, and instead they both went out there and tried to kick each other's ass. And I think that it was almost, that ended up being more sign of a respect than if they had gone out there and hugged it out or whatever. And instead, it was just sort of like, I know you're the best in the world, so I'm going to try and beat you. And I know you're the best in the world, so I'm going to try and beat you. And I'll do whatever it takes. And and I thought that that added an extra layer to the story. And, and, and I think you're right. I think Kenny was a little more vicious. Yeah. Yep. And like you said, yep. it, it and, started out the exact And I think I, I think that's why it actually didn't... Which I, I don't know. It, it didn't loved. blow me away. It was a different type of, of story that was told, which was... I don't know. I put Tamats- I put um, Tanahashi and Okada as my favorite best match, story-wise, match-wise. That was my favorite match of the tournament with Ishii and Ibushi, a very close second. Um, 
But this just told a different type of story. It had a different level of intensity. Like, I am going to kill you with this move. And no, I'm going to kill you with this move. And it was just a, a, a level of, of intensity that I don't think I was really ready for. Um, no. Uh, How about when Ibushi did the standing moonsault and landed knees first right oh, in his chest? Jesus. I can't decide if that one was morning, more brutal or the one he did to Tanahashi. To Tanahashi. Like, I you could see his chest cavity. Like, oh, my God. It was it was disgusting this morning. Ugh. I, I guess the only difference is, is that with this one, it literally looked like his knees, Ugh. like his kneecaps landed in the middle of Omega's chest, whereas this morning's, it looked more like his shins landed on Tanahashi. Not that that would be any better, but well, but there was something about the point, though, of, with, the, yeah. right, the point of his knees being driven into his chest. Yeah, It, it made me sick, move. man. I mean, just, it made me sick. I, it's a cool-ass move. How about yeah. when he jumped? How about the spot where they were in the corner and he did the double leg stomp, but he jumped up when he did it? When they were on the turnbuckle? Oh, yeah. Oh, That was kind of wicked looking, too. And you want to talk about 36 years old and (laughs) and he's still doing standing moonsault knee. I mean, I can't explain like he's not human. Yeah, he's not human. He looks like he's 20. And he's he's been the far more crazier guy compared to Naito. And yet he look at what he can do. It's just it's he's a freak of nature, man. Yeah, Uh, it was a tremendous match. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm going to ask you, I, I think we had a feeling, at least I did, I know Sam did, that I thought Ibushi was going to win this match. I, I kind of was hoping that Naito would have won his, and that would have been the setup, but, um, yeah, I, it, and then I, I kind of even felt it more after Naito lost, because then Omega, or Ibushi wasn't eliminated. And, uh, but it didn't, sometimes when you have an expectation of who's going to win, and they did, it, it takes away. I don't feel like it took away anything from this match for me at all. No, I was I was thrilled that, you know, I, I unfortunately I had I had been spoiler free for, for pretty much the entirety of this damn tournament. And then on the last two nights, I get spoiled on the outcome of this match and I get spoiled on the main event of, of the, the final because uh, on one hand, I went to New Japan World because I was watching for my Xbox. So I was using the browser. That's what I do. I, as soon as I pull up New Japan World, the very first thing I see is G1 Climax final and it's a picture of Tanahashi and Ibushi. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, well, but I mean. To, in, but to Sam's credit, he didn't sulk yes. on it. The first thing he did was get on the phone yep. and warn his buddies not That's to do right. the same thing. That's right. Because and, I would have done the exact same thing. And it did not take away anything. Well, no, but you still I, would have rather have not known. Yeah, of course, of course, especially for the Naito Zack Saber Junior match. I think I would have, I probably would have been. No, I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. I would, I just really love that match. But anyway, back to yeah, the but, main event here. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think that this is not the best match that they can have, and I think that that's with reason. I commend them though for having the mm-hmm. match that they did without necessarily pulling out all the stops. I mean, there was some crazy brutal shit that they did in this match, but knowing that they can go farther and that they still had the match that yeah, they, they had. They left themselves room to top it yeah for which sure is great. but they like they still delivered how about tim i told you how i i just closed my eyes and scrolled down <laughs> yeah. and worked my way up wilford took it a step further wasn't taking any chances yeah beautiful <laughs> yeah all right so now we get to the end of this tournament this has been going on now for a month this is what 19 the 19th and final night 
So we are. This was this morning or late last night, depending on where world I, from the Budokan. We're I actually, I actually gonna, did watch the undercard, so let me just breeze through some of it real quick. Um, okay, so, oh, okay, I watched it too. So, whatever. Yeah, as did I. As did I. So I, okay. I mean, I, I, oh, okay. I think, I think we can be so quick about it. Quick, but yeah, yeah, might as well throw out a few comments. Well, let's just say the first match was uh, to, uh, Honma Elgin and Makabe took on the team of Yuji Nagata, Shoto Yumino, and Yoto Yoshida. I know the big thing for here, and I even yeah. tweeted it was I was happy. Yeah, to see that was fun. I'm glad to see Nagata Ujima, back in the I ring. The hell out of that. Um, I, I was glad to see Hanma moving around, but I hope he he stops as soon as possible. But it was it was a fun it was a fun match. I had I had fun watching it. He the next match, right. though, was yeah. interesting. Yeah, well, I, I was like, I even tweeted, "What were the hell?" First of all. Somebody needs to explain to me why the only other singles match on this card behind the main event is Tohanari and Bad Luck Fale. All right, first of all. And second of all, what was the point of this? You just buried Hanari for no reason at all. I mean, and, and why do we care if Fale wins? I would have rather <laughs> him just get disqualified. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I... It yeah. was a minute 49 seconds. He just beat you him know, up at him with I, the, I with love Hanari, though. Like, Hanari in the first... Terrible. Yeah. A minute of the match, I think it was great. He was getting an ovation. He was getting the crowd into it. I hated how quick it ended, but I hope they have more in store for Hinari because I really like him, actually. Uh, well, I, I like when he wrestles and wins, just so I can <laughs> say that he won via the Toa Bottom, because it's the worst-named move in all of wrestling. <laughs> um, all right, the third match was a tag team between Yoshihashi took on my main man, Tai Chi, and the person I despise the most in wrestling, Azuka. So I don't know who I was rooting for here. Tai Chi <laughs> would win, but I wish he could have just pinned his part. I, so. You know, the thing... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that slow rolled me there. Uh, the thing about this match, that, that again, I, I, I can't... I have to be completely honest. I came out of this day... Uh, being a little confused, frankly, with the direction uh, of some of these stories, and 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 that's fine. I mean, I, I'm not anticipating things to go exactly how I would do them or how I would like them every time. I, in fact, again, I usually say I'm glad when they don't. But why is Tai Chi still going after Goto like he's going to get another Never Title? Because I don't want that. I do not want to see Tai Chi no, get another. I don't either. I want know. Tai Chi to be the IWGP okay. Heavyweight. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what the best part about this is? Tai Chi won, right? And if you go on NewJapan.com, it lists the finish as the Tai Chi style I, last I, ride. I think yes. that never title, yes, I so think now, now we're we going to see that Tai Chi Goto in one of the Destruction main events for sure. That looks almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many Road 2s and, and Destruction shows. Yep, that's going to headline one it, for sure. It, I can I gotta feel it. got to figure something out. Yeah. All right. The next match I, I was actually kind of I was kind of into. Uh, you had Hangman Page and Cody took on Finley and Juice. Um, the match went eight minutes fifty seconds, six seconds, and I like when, when Cody used the Din's fire, which I like. Um, it was just a fun match. I mean, it's it was a cool transition I mean, I like, from I like the pulp guys, friction so into Cody's finishing move. I thought that was a really cool transition. I don't really feel. Yeah. I feel like now we're going to get Cody and Juice in, in Long Beach. Now I, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. 
Well, the interesting thing about this match is the way that it really established a hierarchy, like, immediately. Like, you got the sense that it went Finley, Page, Juice, Cody. Like, that's the hierarchy, the way that these guys are seen. Now, the interesting thing about that is it does make you wonder... Does that does that mean that Cody ends up winning that U.S. title at some point, and does he beat Juice for it because that's the hierarchy, or do they flip that and say no, Juice beats Cody because now Juice has overtaken Cody? So there was something kind of neat about the way that that was uh, firmly established from from the the tenor of this match. And another thing I liked about yeah. this is you had just this is the first time we've really seen Cody in a while, right? Yeah. So you have this uh, this thing where Cody rejoins the Bullet Club and he calls for the save and, and he's. Being a good guy. And then he just decided, like, yep. when this match is over against the mic, he's just going to be dickhead Cody some more, <laughs> which is which is I'm fine with. I'd rather Cody being a dick anyway. Yeah. So any good, any good will he he just threw out the window. Well, my wife's, but, my wife's sister was in the room, actually, when this match was on, because she was visiting um, this weekend, um, and she was in the room while the match was on, and she immediately, <laughs> as soon as she saw Cody, she goes, who's that douchebag? It's just like, it's just like, he hadn't opened his mouth, he hadn't really even done anything, he was just that's, walking to the ring, a, and I was just like, that's a that's t-shirt talent. design like, waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's that douchebag? That's awesome. All right, the next match was a non-title match for the six-man title between Marty, Nick, and, and Matt. We took on Ishimori, Tongaloa, and Tamatonga, and this match winds up becoming a tag title ma- or a, a six-man title match because they challenged them to the the OGs challenge them for the belt. The Bucks and Marty agree. Harold May is at ringside. He okay's it. Um, I mean, pretty much I think when that happened, you could see the writing on the wall that the OGs were going to take the six-man titles. But normally I'd be pissed because of what we were talking about before, but I don't have a problem with it because I'm not a big fan of the, the tag champs also being the trio champs. Sure. I like them being split. Sometimes it just gives somebody else something to do. So I would have preferred it not to go on those three guys. I'm, I should say two guys because I got nothing but love for Taji Ishimori. Right, and that's the thing. It's like honestly, as look, I'm looking at New Japan uh, NJPW 1972 right now, uh, and I've got the pictures in front of me, and it's like, oh, four great wrestlers and two assholes. Like that's yeah. <laughs> like that's what I'm sitting here thinking. You know, you got Skrull, the Bucks, Ishimori, and then you know Tangaloa and Tamatanga. Yeah, but I, it'll be neat just for no other reason. I'd like to see Ishi, or, uh, Taji Ishimori with the belt on for now. And can I just say, I love everything he does, but I absolutely love that sliding German suplex that he does. Oh, God, yeah. It He's not the so first guy brutal. I've ever seen. I've seen other people do it. In fact, I saw Kenny do it to Trent Beretta once in a, in a U.S. title match. But Ishimori just makes it look so, so uh, fast and so smooth. Yeah, yeah. so I actually so, skipped this match. You can see the uh, fuck Tomatonga. Um I actually blocked them. I, I could give a shit less. Um, so I actually blocked them. I don't care. I skipped this match. And um, hey, you know that you know you are, I, I, you I told you at the beginning it was just a stupid thing for him to do, and uh, kind of just uh, made me want to get a, away from him. Actually, so I could care less what they do with those six man titles because every time we think about the six man titles, we say, "Oh, who has it now?" Because that title is kind of meaningless. Yeah, so I skipped this match entirely. So yeah, yeah. No, I agree. <clears throat> so all right, <laughs> yeah. All right, fuck well it. then let's skip ahead. Seeing that Wilford didn't even watch. <laughs> 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 all right, uh, we had a, uh, the next match was an eight man tag. It was Lij took on Suzuki Goon. You had Bushi Sonata, Eve, the King of Darkness, Evil, and Naito took on El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Zack Saber Jr., Minoru Suzuki. We got a, a nice little ten minute forty one second match. 
and it ended with Sonata putting Skull End on Kanemaru and got an F out. I think the coolest thing about this match wasn't even in the match. It was when Naito came mm-hmm. out and the crowd popped for him because that pop yeah, was... Yeah, after he's been a more of a heel of late. And yeah. Then after the... Yeah, I agree. I thought that was really, really satisfying, especially because, you know, he didn't end up winning the block. And even though, you know, I, I, I've said this all along, yeah. even though he wasn't my pick to win the block, I mean, I love Naito. So, like, I yeah. never want to see him fall, if you will. So it was just... it was That was gratifying. And then, and then the match... Her, yeah. I missed part of this because I had to go to the bathroom and get a drink and drink a Red Bull and stuff. I had to get a Red Bull because by this point, I think it was like quarter after four in the morning and they're still up. But uh, I did see the end. I saw the beginning. I saw the end. I missed part of the middle. Stupid me. I'm trying to plan when I was going to take my break and I didn't want to miss the next match. And then I'm looking at the other match. I'm like, who is this pro wrestler? (laughs) So I'm like, I got to stick around to see who that was. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. No, I just... But, I just um, absolutely love Suzu- Suzuki. I'm um, killing young lions. Up, I could never get match. old of it. Get tired of it. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. The, the next it match was a fun brawl. It's what you would expect yeah, from these two it factions. Was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was organized chaos. Is what it was. Speaking of chaos, we have a three, <laughs> uh, six man tag here. We have a chaos. It's a fucking Jay segue, White. man. Yeah, I'm like getting it. better at this. I'm getting better, little by little. <laughs> Uh, we have Jay White, Yano, and Ishii taking on the team of Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, and Kenny Omega. This match went nine minutes, 40 seconds, and it ended with Ishii hitting the Brain Buster on Chase. Uh, I enjoyed this. It was a fun little match. Um, I did yes. tweet here that I wanted yes, to see yes, Jay yes. White do some of his shit so Ishii could just kill him. I was really <laughs> hoping that was going to happen. You're not, he's not going to put up with his shit, you know? But if, if for, that'll be for another day. But uh, no, it was just a fun match. I mean, it was a way to get these guys on the card. It was, you know, it wasn't earth chattering or anything, but it was just a fun nine minutes. No, match. I. Anybody yeah. have anything you want to chime in, or do we move along? I mean, Peter jumping into the ring and dancing while they had the the figure fours on was yeah. was, uh, was that amusing. was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I always like seeing when that happens. Okay. Um. Yeah, we got. We not only got Peter, we got uh, Miho. I forgot to mention Miho was back. What a talent! So, That's right. You know, and Miho was was looking pretty happy, although she looked terrified mm-hmm. of Azuka at one point. I don't and know Azuka if I was actually looking at her face when she Miho when that happened. Terrified she would move. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Ah. I'm trying to keep this above board, and you're going there. All right, the next match. I'm all excited for this because I didn't know who this guy was. Does anybody understand? All right. Well, first of all, it was Kazuchika Okada, Yo and Show took on the team of Rey Mysterio Jr., Kushida, and pro wrestler Sengoku Inubu. Inubu. Yeah. Inubu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Does yeah. anybody understand what this was all about? It's a video game character. It's. All I think right. it was just. Was like, was he was he, more was of like, like a. a horse? It was just more for a sponsorship kind of character. Um, it definitely wasn't Taguchi. That's for sure. Um, yeah, definitely not. No. And you know what? I felt like an ass because when he came out, at first you couldn't see his face. <laughs> and I, t- I tweeted out, anybody know anything about this guy? And somebody replied, yeah, I know a lot. It's Taguchi. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say, hey, listen, I put that out before I saw his face. All right. Cut me some snack. It's like 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning here. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, I got nothing really to say except that it just ended with Ray getting the 619 and then the diving body press for the end. 
Uh, yeah. I know, Sam, you were a little bummed because we thought we were going to get a Ray singles match, but instead we got a bad luck on like Toa and Nari singles. I know. It's what the... I just... I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, but they need to stop putting it on, on the yes. schedule showing Maybe. that it's going to yeah, be a singles I, I, match because then it gets our hopes up for it. Uh, do they ever really say it's a singles match or do they just say with Rey Mysterio Jr. in action so it makes it look like it's a singles match? I, I I think, and I could be wrong, but I think when this was first announced that it was a singles match. Yeah. Now, it would not be the only time I, they changed right. something, because we were supposed to get uh, Chase Owens and David Finley at one point, too, as a singles match. So, they, they, they did change some things. But regardless, the cool thing about this match that I want to mention real quick is that the Okada-Ray uh, interactions were fun, and they, you know, they clearly seemed to be maybe... Uh, you know, try to tease us a little bit with the yeah. with the singles. Okada was kind of being a dick too. I'd love to see too. that match. So I mean, that was yeah. kind of interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a bigger fan of when Okada is kind of being dickish. Okada, not not a heel, just kind of like yeah, like before this the, when he was still like the rainmaker before the balloons and shit. When he had this answer, yeah, I'm better than you. Like I like that Okada. So, but he showed a little flashes of that. I, I agree. He was kind of being a dick. Anybody got anything else? That was fun. It was fine. All right. Now we're on to the finals. Holy shit. Okay. You know the feeling you had, Sam, about the match between Sonata and Naito, where it wasn't bad, but it just something was a little off for you? <laughs> I had that feeling here. You are out of your mind. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I I was underwhelmed by this match. Oh, I want to go. This might I want to go that far. Match of the whole tournament. I don't know, man. I thought it just. I thought it was. Small. It was. It was really, really, really good. Absolutely I it was okay, so incredible. um, I'm not saying it wasn't a really, so, really good match, but it, I don't think it was what I was expecting. And to be honest with you, I just thought it was slow in the beginning. It got slow in parts. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I actually agree with you, man. I watched, yeah. uh, their previous matches on New Japan World last night. And after rewatching the matches from, I think, 2015, 16, and then 17, um, I mean, they were incredible matches, but after what we've seen out of Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr., Naito, I just was like, Okay, cool. Tanahashi yeah. wins. I'm excited for him. Uh, what's the next step? I mean, I, I it was a great match, but it didn't blow my socks off. Yeah, I uh, no, I don't think it was anywhere near Tanahashi Okada. I don't even think it was in the same ballpark as that match. Man, wow, wow. I, I don't think it was as good as uh, I liked. I could give you at least five matches right off the top of my head that I liked better than this. Oh. I liked Kenny and Ishii a lot better. I like Ishii and Ibushi better than this. I don't know. I, I, the, only, not, the, only, the, the only, the only, the only two just... matches, the only two matches that I would put in, in in the ballpark with this match would be like Ishii Omega and, and, and Ishii Ibushi. Um, I, I, I thought, I thought oh, that I this, thought Tanahashi Okada was much better than that. I did not. I thought that this. I, I thought. I thought that the Tanahashi Okada match had a couple of uh, uh, extra bits of drama because of the time limit and and just it being the two of them. Um, but I Sam, thought I'm going to take it a step further. I like the Bushi Omega better than this. I just thought that this match. I just thought that this match was fantastic. I, I, thought I wouldn't go that far, flat. Paul. I but it was but boring in parts. oh god, I couldn't disagree more. I couldn't disagree I think the, more. I think, a, I think a big chunk of the beginning was very slow and methodical, and I think it just didn't hook me right. 
I'm not going to say it was a boring match. I just think there were parts that I was like, okay. Like, I just I, think that this was... towards a, the end, don't be wrong, but I just... I think this was a classically structured New Japan pro wrestling main event in in the the tempo the the way that it started the the the, the builds the, the the peaks the valleys I thought I, I thought it was a brilliant match and I thought that the emotion towards the end and I the, the, yeah the, that was the, sick the, that the was palm sick. strike exchanges the I mean Tanahashi again c- continuing that storyline that I was talking about earlier with just you were you know telling the story of who he is as a wrestler and how that is the most important thing on the face of the planet to him that he that, that he lives and breathes to be a wrestler and nothing else and that was what I got from this and I think that Ibushi you know struggling and, and, and giving him everything he had and, and coming so incredibly close to winning this match and as much as I wanted Ibushi to win the match and as much as I sat there at 4.30 in the morning scratching my head going what the fuck Tanahashi wins? Why the fuck did that happen? After watching the match, I was so much more okay with the result. Okay, let me ask you this. And we, for the record, because I want to see how far up, because maybe I'm making it sound worse than I think it is. Not that. I'm not trying to say it wasn't a very good match. I think maybe my expectations were higher. Let let me ask you this, and we never do this. If you had to rate this on the the five-star scale, what would you give this? Uh, I know that's, that's a hard question. Oh, I have answer. an answer. I just but want just to hear like Sam's initial first. opinion because I want to see how far off we really are on this. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, let's yeah. okay. Let, obviously, with 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 Dave's new scale and everything, if you will. I mean, the scale hasn't changed, but I mean, I might be tempted to give uh, this four point seven five. Wilford, what about you? It was great. It was give it four. a great match, oh, but we're not going to talk about it in five what? to ten years. Four, four, maybe four. I agree. I oh, agree. Look, I, Sam, I, I Sam. I think it's maybe a four and a quarter star. Hold on. No way. Hold I, on, I Sam. Go back and watch their intercontinental <laughs> title from 2017. Watch that match again. And and it's it's on par, I think, it's with today's match. match. It's it, Five stars is a match that blows you away you're going to remember in like five years. That's how I rate my matches if we have to do it. This is, I'm not going to remember this in five years. I'm going to remember Tanahashi winning and then going to the Dome, and that's the match I'm going to remember, most likely. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer here. It's a matter of opinion. You can't tell somebody their opinion's wrong. I just don't hold this match in the same esteem you do. I, I, I'm not saying it wasn't a really good match. I just think it underperformed for what I was expecting. I, I just think each one of their previous matches was better than this. I want to get Sam. I want to get Sam to do a selfie right now. Can we get his reaction? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, and to be honest with you, this is like the opposite of what I thought. Because when this initially happened, I'm thinking Sam's going to be so down because Abushi lost. Like he's going to, and but you're like, I'm conflicted. Look, I'm conflicted, and maybe I thought the match was too long. I thought it was because I thought there was parts in the match where they were just not doing a lot. Uh, I just, I, I mean, hey, we saw it differently. That's all there is to it. I, I, the thing that I want to talk about more. <laughs> How much more, shit do you guys think I'm going to take on Twitter? For this? I, who knows? Uh, I, I mean, I might end up <laughs> I have taking. I'm feeling JW is going to rip me a new ass. I might take more than you do. But here's 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 what I'll say uh, that that I think is kind of more important to me at this point than 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 ranking the match is how genuinely conflicted I feel for many reasons over the result. Um, obviously my personal investment was in Ibushi. I really wanted to see Ibushi win. Um, 
I, I think him not winning, I, I see logically all the reasons why maybe that wasn't the right choice. Uh, but I, but I still scratch my head, uh, a little bit over that. And I, and I'm, again, I think that the G1 ultimately being a story of, of Tanahashi's rebuilding and, and kind of, um, I don't want to throw the word redemption out because that might be too much, but it definitely seems like what we saw from Tanahashi over the past month compared to what we've seen from Tanahashi over the past year is very different. And, and, and so seeing him build himself back up to winning the G1 is fascinating. Um, I think it's worth noting at this point that we've never seen a G1 winner since they introduced the concept of getting the Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. shot about six years ago lose that shot, um, even though it has been wagered in matches uh, leading up to Wrestle Kingdom. We've also never seen a yeah. winner of the G1 win at Wrestle Kingdom. So... I'm, I'm I'm very conflicted, and, and and I question whether or not Tanahashi versus Omega at the Dome is the main event. That's that that's gonna just blow the roof off and sell out the Dome. Well, here's the thing, too, Sam. Like, and I I'm not trying to nip it, but I don't understand if Ibushi wasn't gonna win this match. What was really the point of having him win the block and getting to the final? Like, I I, think it, I agree. I I think it was like. If you're going to have Obushi come out of the block that he did and win, it would have made a far more sense for him to have than win. Now, the only th- argument you could make by putting him in that block was that he yep. beat Kenny. <clears throat> right. So he has a title mm-hmm. shot if he wants it at some point. He can lay claim to that. But it would have been far more interesting, I think, if he wasn't going to win it, than not have him win the group but still have Kenny. Like, let me ask you this. Does it, would this I think this would have been better had he beat Kenny and spoiled the G1 for Kenny and Naito won the group, even then if you have Naito lose to Tanahashi. But you would still have Ibushi have that title shot in his back pocket. I just think it was like, I don't know, I don't understand the point of putting him in the finals unless he's going to win. I agree. I completely agree. It's why I was conflicted. I literally, I was mad. I was mad when I got the result spoiled. Not because the result was spoiled for me, but because I saw that the Tanahashi won. I just did not get it. I was like, what the fuck? I did not understand it. Now, after seeing the match and, and, and having a little time to think about it, I'm, I'm certainly more on board with it. I'm not sitting here, like, you know, canceling my, my subscription or anything like that. But I but but there is a part of me that's just kind of mystified let, by it. Let me let me ask you this. And I just this is just my opinion. And this is also not knowing how they're going to go to Wrestle Kingdom yet. So things this is a fluid situation. If you're going to have if you're going to sit down in your Gato and, and the, the committee and everything, and you're going, you make the decision, Tanahashi's going to win. The first thing I do then is I put Okada in the other block, and I have a Tanahashi versus Okada final, and have Tanahashi finally go over again. He fights off, he has this incredible tournament run, nobody thinks he's going to win, then he, he goes, runs up against his arch nemesis in the finals, who, let's face it, has had the no, better of him of late, no. and he finally gets no, over that hump to win. No. I think the story, I think Does the story of Tanahashi, story? I think the draw, I think the draw is the better story yeah. because it still yeah. is a case of Tanahashi can't beat Okada. Okay, well, I'm just saying, but wouldn't wouldn't it make sense though to have? Well, it would have made sense a few years ago Tanahashi that Goto goes. wasn't in the final, but these are the moves that kind of happen. I mean, they, they, these are you know, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not bragging on it. I understand there's. I just, I don't know. It, there's something about this that just doesn't seem to make sense. Or it just seems off. And I think, Sam, you have the same kind of feeling. I don't know exactly what it is, but just didn't seem right. 
<laughs> I mean, the conspiracy theorist in me who who pays too much fucking attention to the North American wrestling scene and 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 the Observer is is sitting here wondering: Is it because he didn't sign a contract? Is it the same reason he didn't win the Cruiserweight Classic? Is because he wouldn't sign a contract, and now he won't sign a contract with New Japan, and so they well, fuck him over in the finals? Didn't win the, he absolutely didn't win the Cruiserweight Classic because he wouldn't sign a contract. Well, right, I, I know. If either that, him or Zack Saber Jr. signed a contract, they would have won. Right. So now we wouldn't have got <laughs> T.J. Perkins and Grand Metalik. Oh well, that classic of, of uh, whatever. Anyway, whatever. Um, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I just I just don't know. I, I, again, I mean, obviously, I ended, it's funny because I ended up liking the match more than you guys, but I am still stuck here. You, you, you know, like kind the of, ma- you like the match and hate the result, and I hate, I don't like the match as much, and I'm okay with the result. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And I don't even, it's you know, it's not even that I hate the result, oh, because there yes. was a lot of really cool shit that happened. Shibata coming down to the ring and being in, in oh, Tanahashi's yeah, corner, the, the, the embrace after the match, the, you know, I mean, Omega being there for Ibushi, like all of, I mean, Tanahashi getting the win, the crowd, as much as the crowd throughout the entire tournament had been behind Ibushi. I mean, Ibushi had been one of the stars of this tournament from a fan perspective. Like, the crowds were behind him every single night until tonight. And then it was, I mean, that Budokan crowd was almost entirely in Tanahashi's corner. Yeah. It was incredible to see. I guess the best way I can sum up my feelings on this in one, like, in a little sense. I don't have a single problem with Hiroshi Tanahashi winning the G1. I don't like that Kota Ibushi lost in the finals. I I think that's probably how I, I feel no. Too. I'm I'm really well, entertained with what you guys are. Lot, I'm, no, I'm really entertained <laughs> at, at the conversation. Honestly, I'm revved up. I and also it's like a thunderstorm outside, so it's a bunch of crazy. Um, but but I'm I'm just. Well, I, I when yes. I see Tanahashi put in block A with Okada. First of all, I didn't think Jay White would even be in the conversation. So that was a surprise. But I knew that it was going to come back to Tana Okada final night. And the way that Okada's trajectory was, you know, heading into the tournament, I said, there's no way in hell he's going to win the, the block. It's got to be Tanahashi. That's why I felt so strongly about it when I first made the picks, because I just did not see Okada rebounding that quickly. Um, Tanahashi has had a little time to rebound and, right. and he's done it before. Even, so he knows yeah. what to do. Um, so that's why I had a lot more faith in him. Now, I also thought Kenny was going to run wild through the tournament and win the block, but I was really surprised at how far they pushed Ibushi. I was kind of surprised at that. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. So yeah. I, I think it helps not to put the, maj- and it's hard to yeah. do cause I'm a fan too, but it's, it's hard not to put, a lot of your 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 time and devotion into one guy. It's hard not to do that at times, but if you're able to sit back a little bit, okay. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me I have a Naito problem? <laughs> because I just want to throw Whoa. out there too. Right, listen, I love my wife dearly. If I ever get divorced, right? Did you see the late? Now, just listen to me. Did you see the lady the night was before that, that was, was that you when he lost to Zack Saber Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Behind Kevin Kelly, yeah, I might have to go marry that one because two she that, cares. She cares at the same level, man. <laughs> two things. Two things I want to say. One, uh, I did think that it was interesting to see uh, in equal turns that there were people crying over Abushi losing. 
um, uh, today, which tells you a lot about, too, that even though that crowd was vocal for Tanahashi, that there was uh, a heavy contingent of people that really wanted Ibushi to win. And, um, you know, there was a woman that was even sobbing into, like, her, her Golden Star scarf. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting, and Kevin Kelly even made mention of it, and I, it, it, it took me a second, when they showed the logo for Wrestle Kingdom 13, and, and, and it was it was up there, and then Kevin Kelly was like, hey, it's an interesting logo, isn't it? <laughs> and I was just kind of like, what the fuck is he talking about? It's just Wrestle Kingdom 13. He's, uh, but he's then there's a golden a star brother. behind the 13. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not alone here. I saw a lot of people say it on Twitter as well. Uh, look, I, you know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a couple of wild things that I'm not I'm not calling these as predictions, but I'm just gonna throw them out there. I would not be shocked if Tanahashi becomes the first guy to lose the the title opportunity at Wrestle Kingdom. I wouldn't. On the flip side, I also wouldn't be shocked if he goes into Wrestle Kingdom and becomes the first guy to win the belt. As crazy yeah. as that might sound, because well, I mean. Because if this final taught me anything, it's that Tanahashi is nowhere near being on the downside. Uh, I think that, you know, it's worth mentioning that, that we talked about this before, that Chono ended up winning a couple of his G1s, Mr. G1 himself, clearly in the, in the twilight of his career. So yeah, who and the who, hell knows? Who the hell knows where we're going to go And who handed that trophy I, to I Tanahashi this morning? But I'm morning. a little confused and a little conflicted. Yeah. There you go. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, showing him. Uh, you Mr. G1 himself. We, we were talking about Tanahashi maybe being on the downswing and everything, and Sam, all I could think about when I thought about you this morning while you were still sleeping was a quote by your one of your famous, favorite authors of all time, and you know what it is, by Mark Twain. <laughs> Correct? Well, what's the quote? <laughs> Rumors of my, my death, death have been, been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah, he's still the ace. Yeah. I mean, and we, me and Wilford talked about this, and, and we'll come back to this maybe next week when there's less to talk about, but can can Okada ever truly be the ace while Tanahashi's still wrestling? It's a, it's a debate, that, or a discussion we'll have when we have time. But I think worth- that is a beautiful note to end on, actually, to go yeah. home on, because we've, we've said a lot. We've even talked a little bit longer than we expected to. Oh, we did an <laughs> awesome job of hitting the minute, hour and a half mark, guys. Oh, we yeah. killed it again. We did it again. <laughs> but, uh, but in all seriousness, thank you guys so much. This has really been a blast, and uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm obviously looking forward to what's next, but uh, it has been the best way to experience a G1 um, and, and, and you know I say that as somebody who's who's watched a few of them and 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 not and not having had the opportunity to watch some of them uh, live or with English commentary like we did this year it's 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 pretty special pretty cool and and it's a great time to be a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, and I, I want to thank everyone who stuck with us and listened all along the way um, you, you know the interactions that we've had on Twitter and uh, you know the, the listenership has been really strong and uh, we just really really appreciate you all and and obviously shout outs to um, to, to Joel and Damon over at the Super J cast for, for helping us out and giving us some shouts as well um, you know they're, they're the template you know they're the mold every other uh, New Japan yeah. podcast is really just following in their footsteps no matter what anybody says so um, so yeah uh, I, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to have been able to talk about it and, and to have had such great wrestling to talk about hey you want to talk about a tease how about this for next week we didn't we just talked for two hours and five minutes about everything and we didn't even mention that Okada split yeah. away from Gato this morning oh we didn't even. How about the fact that we didn't even mention that? We could. We'll delve into that next week when yes. it processes a little bit. Another, but that—that's a tease. Clear, clearly, we've got a lot to talk about on the Okada front next week. 
Yes. Hey, yes, yeah, we thanks. Uh, Wilford, follow me at NJPWUS or at Wilford Watches. Check out the podcast if you want a quick 30-minute shout about uh, about wrestling and the week's events. Um, hit me up. Banter with me. Just don't block me. Thank you. <laughs> and you can find us uh, at KOPW72 on the Twitter. We uh, really enjoy talking to everybody out there. Uh, of course, you can also get the podcast stream online at kopw72.podient.co uh, and download us uh, on iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Yeah. You can also find us on Google Play and, and all the rest, Stitcher, etc., etc. Soon coming to Spotify. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we talk for so fucking long, but it is taking forever <laughs> for us to get approved by Spotify. So yeah, we'll see what happens and now you know what all i'm gonna do is my final thoughts are please leave us a five-star review don't pull an abushi and tanahashi and give us a four and a quarter star review (laughs) (laughs) all right on that note we're going home before i get pissed Uh, i'm out (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody good night